Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboats live stream, a veritable pirate's cove of misinformation and wrong think. Well, as some of you can probably tell from my voice, I'm a little bit sick. I've been going through this whole bout of symptoms from the first time I was exposed to COVID, just kind of repeating in sequence here. And I was actually feeling pretty good Monday, went out to scan a house for my brother Tuesday and then came back sick from that. Uh, so I've been laying on the couch a lot. We'll see how far I get here. I think I'll, I've got a lot of stuff that I definitely, definitely want to cover with you guys. The dam is breaking and, um, they know that these vaccines, these gene transfection therapies that they want to label vaccines are killing people. And rather than coming out and saying it, they are hiding the data they are backtracking on their claims and they are doing everything they can to cover their ass so they get away with murder. And it's going to be abundantly clear when we go through some of the early material that we've got. And I want to start with this Zero Hedge article right here. It's based on um, Epic Times and uh, it starts off here. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is admitting it gave false information about COVID-19 vaccine surveillance, including inaccurately saying it conducted a certain type of analysis over a year before it actually did. So um, what happened? They issued these FOIA requests after the CDC claimed that the vaccines are being monitored, quote, by the most intense safety monitoring efforts in U.S. history. You know, just like the elections that were the safest and most secure elections in the history of all elections, right? It definitely was the case. No CD, uh, quote, the CDC has revised several FOIA requests, and as a result of its review, the CDC is issuing corrections. See, they, there were some misunderstandings. No CDC employees intentionally provided false information now, guys. They didn't intentionally lie here to cover up that they were lying. And none of the false responses were given to avoid the FOIA request either, they would like you to know. They were not trying to skirt the FOIA process in any way either. These were just simple misunderstandings, as you're going to see. <laughs> Heart inflammation, the Epoch Times, uh, for all they asked for all the reports that this team that was formed to study post-vaccination heart inflammation by sourcing data from VAERS, because what is VAERS? Well, it's their pharmacovigilance system, which is how they monitor drugs for safety signals, right? Make sure, you know, it's not killing people, not causing heart inflammation, myocarditis, pericarditis. The CDC not only said that the team did not conduct any abstractions or reports through October 2021, but that, quote, an association between myocarditis and mRNA COVID-19 vaccination was not known at that time. That statement was false. Clinical trials of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines detected neither myocarditis nor pericarditis. We know the quality with which they did those studies. Two types of heart inflammation. But by April 2021, the U.S. military was raising the alarm about post-vaccination heart inflammation. We've read some of those whistleblower reports. And by June 20, and this is, that's the DMED data, of course. And by June 2021, the CDC was publicly acknowledging the link. The CDC previously corrected the false statement, but did not say whether its teams had ever analyzed the VAERS reports, right? So they're like, well, wait a minute, we were wrong about that earlier, but 
okay, well, if you were, then where are the, where are the reports? Can we see those? So I think that's what uh, they asked for next. In reference to, to myocarditis extraction from VAERS reports, this process began in May 2021 and continues to this date. That was what they got in response from via an email, okay? The CDC has still not re- released the results of these analyses yet. They promised that in January 2021 that, they, that it would perform a specific type of data mining analysis on VAERS reports called Proportional Reporting Ratio, PRR. So what is this? It's a tool that they use to take a new drug and compare it to the same drug, maybe for a different use or something, or uh, compare it to drugs that are of a similar class or style, right? For, for treatment or work, have the same mechanism. So, and it's a way to basically come up with a number and anything over one means you've got a problem with your new drug because the ratio is out of balance. The, the, act, the group that's getting the active biologic is being damaged by the medication compared to this other group at a higher rate. So that's what it's for, okay? It's to detect safety signals and this was CHD that asked for the this Children's Health Defense. Um, we've shown you some of their videos and articles over the, over the last few years. Um, as for the results, the CDC said that, quote, no PRRs were conducted by the CDC and that data mining is, quote, outside of the agency's purview. That's not our department. We don't do that. Dr. John Sue, who heads the CDC's VAERS team, told Epic Times the CDC started performing the PRRs in February 2021 and continues to do so this, to this date. The CDC is now saying that both the original response and Sue's statement are, were both false. So they lied the first time, they lied the second time, and now they're coming out to admit that. The agency didn't start performing PRRs until March of 2022 of this year and then they stopped in July with what four months of data the spokeswoman said it was misinterpreted it was not an intentional way for them to hide this data or the fact that they were lying about them doing these PRRs to look for safety signals of the drugs that they weren't actually doing until March of this year over a year after these things have been rolled out on the populace this is their pharmacovigilance system, and this is what they were supposed to be doing to check for safety signals, and it wasn't even being looked at. Meanwhile, people pointing it out and pointing out the dangers are getting deplatformed, having been stripped of their licenses, of their careers, of their professions. Do you understand the magnitude of what these people have done? The agency didn't start, okay, so we got that. Uh, The CDC thought data mining, this was their excuse. Uh, The CDC thought data mining referred only to empirical Bayesian data mining, a different type of analysis that the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, had promised to perform on VAERS. And I can see them in the meeting right now. They're like, shit, shit, shit. What are we going to do? Who's got options? And Hank over there is like, "Uh, I, I know. We could tell them we thought that it was empirical Bayesian data mining that they were asking for. That shit's so complicated, they'll probably get confused and not know what to think about that. And we'll, that's, that's our that's best idea. Okay, well, Hank, we're going with it. Good job. Like, 
they're fucking panicking, covering for lie after lie after lie. Do you understand that? At every turn, they have been lying to our face. And now it's being proven with their own fucking documents, with their own statements, with their own emails, with their own records. They are serial liars. And they're not even monitoring the public health for fucking safety signals that we know exist, they know exist. And this is just, it gets worse because they've also stripped out all the cancer data and stopped reporting that along with myocarditis, pericarditis, all these cardiac conditions, you know, that the vaccine, the experimental gene transfection therapy, (laughs) that they label a vaccine as causing, that we know is causing, and we know the pathology for it. There's no credible reason why they waited until March 31st, 2020, a few months back, (laughs) to calculate PRRs unless it was in response to our initial FOIA request in December of 2021, which was rejected. They got their response on March 31st of 2022, the same day they say they began their calculations. So they got the FOIA request, realized, oh shit, we've been caught in another lie. So we're going to say we haven't done it and we better start that right now. It means that the CDC was not analyzing VAERS for early warning safety signals for well over a year after the vaccination campaign began. Began. And don't forget that they waited until uh, there were 5,000 deaths before they investigated the very first one. And we know why, too. Brittany Gavin told us they have 50 people. This is the CDC woman admitted it on the phone. We have 50 people. Meanwhile, Pfizer's hiring 1,200 <laughs> to handle the volume of the adverse event calls. And I'm sure they forwarded all those records right over to the CDC, you know, accurately transcribed the information for them, I'm sure. But what was happening in Brittany Gavin's case? Hospital didn't send the records. CDC, the VAERS team is like, we can't forward it to the CDC for investigation until we get the hospital records. They've called the hospital again and again and again. The hospital's not sending the records. Brittany calls them up. What the fuck's going on? When are they going to get the records over? How many times do we have to ask? And she was nine months. I, I doubt it's even been forwarded. And it, we're probably over a year at this point that she's been dealing with vaccine injury, debilitating, affecting her life. She's had to make major changes. And, well, we're not seeing any signals because it's not being reported because our bureaucracy is so ridiculously inefficient. It takes months, five, I think, I can't remember if it was five months. It was at least five months before they investigated their first death. And it was a younger kid, I think, because it got so much attention. That one must have been given the the priority. Let's get get us one. We need to do something. We're looking bad. We've got 5,000 deaths reported in VAERS. And we haven't even investigated a single one yet. But wait, there's more. (laughs) I love this summary by Ethical Skeptic because it is the perfect analogy for what he's seen in the data. It says, 
quote, if you found yourself riding in a car at night on a mountain cliff road going 70 miles per hour with no brakes and your driver decided at that very moment to turn off the car's headlights in order to do a headlamp upgrade, you should take that as a malicious act. And he's tweeting that in response to the CDC data, which we're actually going to go through thanks to the bad catitude. Elgato Mallow is back. And um, he's going to run through some of that data, but also he does a nice job of really putting the pieces together. And I want you to hear what he's got to say. When assessing the filings of anything from companies to pharmaceuticals, such as much of the interesting information is conveyed in the changes What's been added, what's been taken out. This is the kind of thing the Cliff High's web bot looks for. You catch a company uh, taking text out of a 10K in some Friday night filing, and you know they wanted to bury it. Well, buckle up, because the CDC just dramatically changed their claims about mRNA vaccine safety, and this one is a doozy. This is the current claim, and it's got the link for it there, and you can see they've got facts about mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Well, they're not even vaccines, but okay. mRNA COVID-19 vaccines cannot give someone COVID-19 or other illnesses. Fact checkers say that's false, but let's hear what they have to say. mRNA vaccines do not use any live virus. Now, that's actually true. It's mRNA that gets into the cell and causes it to produce the spike protein, express it on the surface of the cell and signal to the immune system, hey, come kill this cell. It's a great idea for a vaccine. Um, mRNA vaccines cannot cause infection with the virus that causes COVID-19 or other viruses. Well, sorry, that's false. It's not the root cause, like it's not the infectious agent. But what do we know that these vaccines do? Well, downgrades, toll-like receptors uh, 7 and 8, which is what checks for viruses which means people are far more susceptible to viruses. So they're far more likely to get an infection as a result of mRNA, of these gene transfection therapies. So in that sense, it actually absolutely causes or contributes, leads to infection. With viruses, with cancers, we'll get into that. That's their next point here, that they still have standing. They do not affect or interact with our DNA. We know that's bullshit as well, but mRNA from these vaccines do not enter the nucleus of the cell where our DNA genetic material is located, so it cannot change or influence our genes. Well, technically, that's true. The mRNA, as far as we know anyway, does not get into the nucleus, but guess what? The spike protein that's produced as a result, it does. It gets into the nucleus. It interferes with P53, which is your sort of error checking for cancer of anything that's getting built to make sure it's not cancer. If it does, if it does find it, it kills it and remakes what it's trying to. That gets shut off. At the same time, your toll-like receptors 2 and 3 and 4 also get downregulated by the pseudouridine that's part of the lipid nanocomplex. And that will take and downregulate those toll-like receptors so that when the cancer is there and growing, your body doesn't, your immune system doesn't even detect it 90% of the time. So it leaves you vulnerable to rare and fast-acting cancers, which is what we're seeing go through the roof. But if we 
rewind, this is back to Elgato Mallow here, but if we rewind to late July using the Wayback Machine, we get this. Notice, uh, and he's got the picture here, I'll read it here. Notice anything that used to be in this fax assemblage that has been disappeared, in air quotes, I love that. A helpful internet feline has added a red box here to assist you. And this, this section has been removed from their website without any fanfare. Just delete it and get it out of here. We can't leave that up. The mRNA and the spike protein do not last long in the body. Remember that guy, uh, Drew, I think it was, black guy, I think he was a college student, football player, did the videos about the mRNA, debunking everybody. The mRNA is like ice cubes. It melts in the body and then goes away. Yep, yep, sorry, Drew. If, if anybody can find his channel, send me a link. I'd, I'd love to reach out and say hello. <laughs> or his Twitter handle. Um, our cells break down mRNA from these vaccines and get rid of it within a few days after vaccination. Well, that's false. We've found it every time that we've looked. It's in the germinal centers. It's in different places around the body, but it's still there weeks and weeks later, waiting to still transfect cells and then start spike protein production. And speaking of the spike, they don't even know. They, every time they've looked, they find it. We don't even know how long that lasts. Scientists estimate that the spike protein, like other proteins in our bodies create, may stay in the body up to a few weeks. Elgato Mallow's back here. This is a big deal as part of the safety claim around these drugs was initially predicated on the ideas of one, remain local to the injection site, but we know that's crap. They knew it was crap. They had biodistribution studies that show it doesn't do that, but they just decided to lie to us anyway. They were rapidly cleared by the body. Number two, they were rapidly cleared by the body and did not stick around to generate lasting effects. And remember Fauci? This was going back like, I think two years, but there was an interview where somebody was asking him something about this question about the, you know, long-term effects. And what was his answer? Well, I, when we look at the vaccines, we see that most of the adverse events occur. I think it was like 49 days within 49 days. And we've gone 62 days or whatever the number was. I don't remember. So clearly these are safe. And what did I say? He's comparing apples to oranges. mRNA is nothing like a traditional vaccine. This is not a valid comparison. And they are trying to cut that corner of safety studies, long-term safety studies. They're just skipping them, and they're going to do the long-term safety studies on you suckers. Point one has been, uh, sorry, this was all in the service of the basic claim that scientific effects from mRNA yeah, would be uh, minor and transitory. Point one has been long proven to be false, that it was localized at the injection site, um, and was known but was not disclosed from animal data. That's the mice study, biodistribution study that we've seen with the Lucifer's uh, biomarkers, whatever is the fluorescent stuff. You've seen those pictures anyway. EUA and was never tested in humans pre-approval despite a dire need for it. Now, this is a recent few months old paper saying, hey, we should really be doing these tests here. Uh, it was rapidly abandoned. Point two has long been shown to be false as well. It appears that even the CDC is no longer willing to make this attestation. And that was that it's cleared by the body, right? And he's saying, get worried. 
This is a very big deal because the spike protein produced by these vaccines is far more dangerous in a great many ways than the spike from COVID itself. And this is even more true today when compared to the more moderate variants like Omicron. The vaccines are highly CG enriched, and this is a strong reason to presume that having them linger around for long periods will increase the risk of accelerate or outright cause cancer, heart damage, and another and a number of other extreme ill effects. And here's a um, story. I think this is one of his stories where he says CG enrichment in the COVID vaccine mRNA manner in which vaccines look to be suppressing not only innate immune function, but also mechanisms by which pathogens and cancers are detected. So we've talked about that. Okay. Lots of folks have been standing on chairs screaming about this for ages. It seems implausible that the CDC has not heard them. I've tweeted at them plenty of times. Guarantee you that. Unfortunately, I've sent them emails too. It looks like it's, it looks increasingly plausible that the CDC is trying to prevent data from getting out as they try to step away from their claims of systemic safety. They are rats fleeing their sinking ship. This newfound recension finds deeply uneasy uh, connoissance with the fact so ably and consistently pointed out by longtime Gatto pal ethical skeptic in so many threads. And that's the tweet that we read was his. The CDC has, he's tweeting here, the CDC has stopped reporting on cancers, malignant neoplasms, and a variety of heart disorders. It's been 71 days since this went offline for, quote, system upgrades. And this is his analogy of turning the headlights off. These are supposed to be safety signals to tell us if something's going wrong, to tell us where we need to turn to navigate the road ahead. And in the middle of this, they've decided, well, now would be a good time to upgrade the headlights and have them off for the remainder of the journey. Day 70 of the system upgrade, data compromise, MMR week 30 posting due August 10th is late. I don't know if that's come in yet. We saw uh, in spades yesterday that ACAN problem exists in American citizen health right now, uh, writ cancer and cognitive heart disorders. I think the CDC knows we have a problem. Ethical skeptic is concluding there. And here's um, some of his, one of his data points. He's got five of them here. The first one is uh, non-natural cause of deaths not being kept up to date. The R99 categorization deaths are not being curated properly. Missing cancer, cancer deaths from week 50. So er, what was that? Late in 2021, versus against the June 3rd data dump. So months and months of data disappeared. Missing myocarditis, pericarditis, conductive disorder, uh, deaths from week three in 2022, so beginning of this year, versus the June 3rd data drop. So they've cut out all of this year's data and hit it because of an upgrade. 70 days of system upgrade come compromising 39 weeks of MMWR data. And now they pull the claim that mRNA spike proteins from the vaccines, the exact thing that would cause this, are rapidly cleared from the body. That's a worrying confluence and starts to feel like an agency whose credibility is already in deep trouble playing hide the ball. 
It's exactly what they're doing. Flee the ship. It's more like it. Hopefully, we can save ourselves, some of us anyway. This sure seems like the folks that would have the data changing their tune but not telling anyone why. How is this not suppressing information and starting right at the floorboards where the body is uh, sorry, how is this not suppressing information and staring right at the floorboards where the body is buried? Inquiring gatos would like to know. The CDC has made claim after claim about these products. It's been proven false. They will stop transmission and be a dead end for the virus. Injected material stays local. Side effects are minor and transitory. Two doses is fully vaccinated and the list goes on and on and on. Sure, mRNA therapeutics have been studied for decades, but we also failed to adopt any. You know, you remember why? Because what did it lead to? Well, the coronaviruses end with ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement. When the challenge study comes along, the animals all die. (laughs) Or the toxic lipid nanoparticle that they use to deliver the drug where they need to get it in the body, it's worse than than the cure. Right, the the PRR ratio off the charts bad, just like it is now. But they've not done what they said they were doing. Collected four months of data, seeing that it's so fucking bad. If we release this, we're they're gonna fucking hang us. So they haven't made that available. Don't know how they can lie their way out of that one. They're gonna drag that one out in the courts as long as they can, hoping they survive hoping some miracle comes along and saves their ass from going to the gallows for what they've done, which is mass murder. These products were literally abandoned. It's talking about the lipid nano complexes, LMPs as oncology treatment because they were too toxic. This idea that some longstanding body of work that makes them well characterized and safe. That's kind of what they told us. Oh no. This mRNA technology has been uh, researched for over 10 years. We didn't just come up with this thing and inject it into anybody. We've been doing this for a while. We're the experts. Trust us. And it turns out every time they tried to do it, it's blown up in their face and killed their subjects. And they injected a pegylated lipid into humans for the first time ever. The only animal testing they did, the pigs started having heart attacks after the second dose. And now you're the animal testing, those of you that accepted this shot. Congratulations. The CDC have ignored a clear immune suppression window post-dosing. So we looked at that over the last couple years, right? They would basically tailor, they would come up with talking points that they could go out and tell the, the public right about how much better the vaccinated are doing compared to the unvaccinated they're the this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated they're the ones filling our hospitals on and on and on that was all bullshit but what did they do they went in and cherry picked the data and i remember showing you the graphs and things of uh you know the numbers and you do get when you get this shot you get this temporary protective effect and then it fades and crashes and goes below zero where you're more likely to catch covid And then what happens? Then the numbers don't look so hot after the window. And then, oh, panic. Holy shit, we need boosters for everyone. (laughs) They have no idea what they're doing here. They've led us to the slaughter. 
They continue to threaten even the people that turn down their gene transfect, their experimental gene transfection therapy. And now they're trying to get away with mass murder. They manipulated records to make the vaccines look as though they stopped COVID, right? And we know about that because of Elgato Malo. We read his article that showed the 14-day window post-vaccination before, you know, before the vaccine works, air quotes. They would count those as unvaccinated, right? Because, well, it didn't have enough time to take effect. And if you caught COVID or got sick, then we're going to count you as unvaccinated, Right, because that may, that's science, right? You give somebody a shot and then it makes them sick. Well, you count that as if they didn't get the shot. And of course, what does that do? This is what he pointed out so beautifully. That the worse, in fact, the vaccine was for people, the sicker it made them with that 14-day window, the more it looked like it was working. Of course, what happens in the first 14 days? Oh, like 60, 80% of all the adverse reactions, at least so far. So it would increase the pool of the unvaccinated that were getting sick and having, you know, all these infections and so forth and death and disease and and all this and making their numbers look really good while decreasing the ones in the the boosted pool. So they were manipulating the statistics to absolutely straight up lie to us. That's this whole thing that has been a straight up lie. Uh, and the, to mitigate the severity and ignored strong, credible data that the vaxxed and boosted are getting COVID at multiples the rate of the unvaccinated. And we've covered that many times as well. Two to three X. And in some cohorts, even worse. And honestly, as Gato Pal and fellow trademark and fellow, this guy's so funny, uh, anthropomorphic animal Kerbib outlines here claims Uh, quote, does not penetrate, affect the cell nucleus, maybe yet another domino to fall. Yeah. Not the, I don't think the mRNA, but definitely the spike. In fact, nearly two years after launch, this question is not well answered and uh, is an appalling outcome that speaks to incredibly dangerous corners being cut. That's P53. uh, Primarily is what he's referencing there because that's where that gene lives. Okay. And he's saying, to be clear, I'm not convinced I know the answer here, but I am convinced that genuine grounds for debate and research exist. So uh, it's being summed up here by K-Bird on Twitter. CDC, quote, mRNA produces a harmless piece of what is called the spike protein that, quote, sits on the cell surface. (laughs) Number two, uh, University of Stockholm study. This is the SARS-CoV-2 spike impairs DNA damage repair and inhibits VDJ recombination in vitro. That's P53. He's saying, let's look at, at both. And Elgato Mal is back here to say the CDC keep getting it wrong and in response have, one, refused to assess VAERS data for, for risk as required by their own mandate, as they said they were doing, as the system was designed to be used for in the first place. It's their only safety signal system. Quietly removed key, this is number two, quietly removed key safety claims from their website, 
Number three, stopped reporting cancer and heart data that seems directly related to that claim. And number four, kept doubling down on the need to vaccinate and claims of safety despite so many other governments and health agencies stepping back from booster claims, admitting they made a mistake ever vaccinating children at all and banning future jabs for under 18s. This is not public health. It's public manipulation. And you've got Stalin there on a boat with a guy that says, hey, what about the vaccine risk from mRNA? And then there's a picture of Stalin on the boat. <laughs> That's pretty much what the policy's been. If you don't go along, we throw you overboard. We go after your license. We shut down your studies. We make you retract them. We pull your funding. We threaten your funding. We threaten your livelihood. These people are cartels. Either they're part of the cartel or they're compromised by them and getting paid by the government to lie to your face and march you off to your death, folks. Wake up. It's time to wake up here. It's perfectly clear what they've done. And some seriously pointed questions about, quote, just whose side is this agency on? Yeah, that's a good question. And precisely what role are they trying to fulfill these days? It's not protecting us, is it? What are they doing? Why are they still pushing this thing with everything that we know right now? Appear more than warranted. They appear to be vital. So bad cat attitude or bad catitude, sorry. Zelgato Mallow uh, Substack article. Love it. Okay. Um, Another one here. This is Charles Rixley. He's been behind this whole um, drastic project, which has just done an amazing job. I think he's one of the primary drivers of this whole thing of putting all the pieces together. He's got like hundreds of pages of really dense, well-documented stuff. We're actually going to go through three pages, three pages out of probably a few hundred that he's got, maybe even a, a thousand or more. Um, that you're going to see how, just how well documented everything is and how dense his material is. And he has really outlined this thing from start to finish, and it didn't start two years ago. Uh, it started way, way before that with the Defense Department and um, Ralph Barrick and some of the usual characters that you've heard me, you've seen me cover on the show, those of you that are longtime listeners. And I better get a drink here. <clears throat> Okay, so, uh, and some of you are complaining it's choppy. Yeah, so one of the modems broke, the 4G modems. That's what was causing the intermittent connection issues because I have two 4G modems and then a DSL one. One of those broke. I've got to fix it. I'm running on the two instead of the three. Don't have Starlink because of Stripe. And uh, anyway, I, I will upload a, a HD copy will be free of all the jitter and so forth. So you just have to deal with it, guys. Nothing I can do. All right. Um, if a ray, ray of light falls into our... Okay, let me put it, start back here. Why was an Indian preprint nuked in early February of 2020, sparking a suppression of scientific debate? And he has this uh, gaslight of the gods. I lay out what they knew. It's time to ask why, Okay. And here's what he's sort of uh, discovered here. 
And I want to read through this and I'll stop to explain uh, a lot of it here and expand on it like I do. Uh, but this is this really helped me understand this whole HIV aspect to coronavirus and what that means. And, you know, I think it's something that you're, you guys are going to appreciate understanding as well. And that's why I want to cover it. So bear with me here and we'll go through this. It says, uh, why the QTNSPRRA sequence? Now, PRRA, you've heard me talk about that in the GP120 uh, that contains the furin cleavage site, that's the FCS, that allows it to bind to the ACE2 receptors and be very infectious in other humans, right? Because there's so many places it can attach because of that furin cleavage site, right? First, the insert should be viewed as two distinct four-protein, 12-nucleotide segments since they are actually form bookends of the full HIV gag protein. Okay, so what he's pointing out right off the bat that I didn't really understand about this PRRA is that it's not just the little HIV inserts at the three binding sites, but also the FCS is somehow has to be part of that for all of this to function as a GP120 is what he's going to explain, which is what is it doing? It's causing um, immune an immune reaction, right? It's attacking the immune system, attacking T cells. Okay. <clears throat> this uh, particular FCS motif cannot function without the QT, QT, and S that precedes it, right? So this is all a package deal. When viewed as a group, the full set of four HIV inserts appear to form a functional GP120 sequence that can infect T cells, thus being the worst possible thing anyone could add to an mRNA treatment that can only stimulate antibody responses. No other than the uh, WTV itself just published uh, a study demonstrating T cell infection by spike protein. Thus, the wild and vaccine spikes teach our cells to literally manufacture spikes with HIV-like antigens. Do you understand that? These things infect your immune cells, and then the immune cells start turning out these HIV inserts, causing more damage. And, by the way, it doesn't matter if it's from the vaccine or from COVID. That's what I've been telling you. The spike is the spike. It doesn't matter. If you get the shot, you're going to get a lot more spike to deal with, a lot more opportunities for this kind of stuff to happen compared to if you just get the virus. But every time you get COVID-19, you get the virus, you're exposed to the spike from shedding, you are placing yourself at risk. So it is a game of minimizing exposure as best you can. Okay. Um... Let me see here. Thus, the wild and vaccine spikes teach our cells to literally manufacture spikes with HIV-like antigens. Why would this be a desirable outcome for a transfecting coronavirus vaccine? Why would extra steps be taken to stabilize the immunogenic elements, triggering an immune response is what that means, of the spike, including the QTNSPRRA insert, which serves as an SCB toxin and contained the furin cleavage site. Of course, 
what do you have? You have the S, the S1, you have the S2, and in between them in here is the FCS, the fur and cleavage site. So I think it's S1 that attaches to the cell, cleaves off at the FCS, and the S2, the spike, second half of it with the three HIV inserts at the binding sites, like, you know, the perfect place for them to be to maximize infectiousness, uh, that goes floating off around your body to hit a cell and attack it. Okay. Uh, furthermore, why would so much faith be placed in the use of lipid nanoparticles to convey spike proteins that already exhibited broad tropism? They already get around everywhere because of the FCS, the furin cleavage site. Why would a prion-like domain be conserved within the uh, vaccine's genome at all? There is no reason to risk transfecting any part of any genome that could trigger uh, amyloidogenesis, right, which is what we're seeing. You know, we'll, we'll talk about what's happening with um, Walter Chestnut and Jessica Rose. They've, uh, JJ had a show on where they're talking about I think it's hemi and a couple disorders where basically the blood loses the capacity to carry the ability to carry oxygen because of what the spike's doing to these blood cells. And this will lead to a series of conditions that we're seeing huge spikes in. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Let me make sure. Yeah, so here we are. And then could trigger amyloidogenesis, the creation and thus buildup of amyloid plaques, which drives the emergence of Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, and uh, Creutzfeldt-Jacob disease, CJD, colloquially referred to as mad cow disease, which, by the way, what are we, oh, no, what are we seeing happen? There was the actress that crashed into the house, house caught on fire, thought she was dead, brought her out in a sheet. She pops up alive and everybody's like, why isn't she burned? And how did she die? This is a conspiracy. It's like, no guys, smoke inhalation is what killed her. And it's, it's, you can't imagine if you haven't been a firefighter, you have no idea how bad that smoke is to breathe. We, um, I got a call one time, responded to a lady that was, I think, burning trash and it got away and she wasn't paying attention and she had a roll of roofing tar paper and she was a a young single mom in a trailer. Um, The roofing tar paper caught on fire. She's trying to put that out and this was open field and she inhaled some of that smoke and like was coughing and not doing good at all. And I, and she had an infant in her arms. I ended up taking the baby while one of the, uh, the other firefighters from a different station responded, got the oxygen and we gave her some oxygen. And then her dad shows up all panicked and give me the baby. I'm like, here you go. Calm down. He was just freaking out seeing, you know, two of his offspring sitting there possibly hurt, but it's real. Um, she was exposed to a lot of smoke. I don't know what happened there, but it's, very likely that she died as a result of her injuries. I, I watched some firsthand accounts of people that actually opened the back, got in, talked to her. She said she wasn't doing well. I guess they couldn't get her out. And the smoke, they were saying, was really bad. And, of course, she was in that the whole time. So it's not so much by the time the fire gets to you, you're already dead. That's the way that goes. So anyway, we had that. 
where she's speeding down the street, crashes into a house, sets it on fire. We have this one where somebody's in Virginia, speeds into a pub, crashes into it, sets it on fire. We've got this guy who decided to go to Washington, D.C., crashes car into a barricade, sets it on fire, gets out, shoots his gun into the air, and then when police approach, he commits suicide. So these are, you know, is this CJT, mad cow disease, starting to finally develop? Is that what all these crazy car crashes that are happening into houses? Don't forget the the one in L.A. from the Houston Methodist ICU nurse that was going 100 miles an hour and crashed into multiple cars and killed six people and injured eight. And there was another one along that line. Every day this week, I've seen a video of people throwing things at fast food workers and getting in fights and, you know, in the, in the Burger King or whatever it is every day this week. I think we're seeing the next onset of symptoms that are going to start expressing. I think we're seeing the early canaries in the coal mine and we're going to see a, a CHD video where there's a doctor there talking about, you know, these early symptoms are really warning signs of much worse things to come. And it's going to be uh, tough caring for these people, especially when there's no healthcare system left to care for them in the first place. So, okay. Can this amyloidogenesis be systemic? Now, that's a question that Walter Chestnut, I think, would answer yes. Not only, I mean, yeah, the lipid nano complex is designed to get the, the mRNA to your brain, to cross the blood-brain barrier. It crosses pretty much all the barriers, gets everywhere, okay? And this amyloidogenesis, this is what Walter points out, is happening all throughout your body. Like everywhere this mRNA goes to, everywhere this LMP goes to, this is the process that's happening, Okay. So that's what he's referencing there. Um, Is this related to the seemingly irrational objection to zinc or to vitamin D? Now, two years through this thing, I'm like, where are the public officials talking about vitamin D, vitamin C? We knew early, early, early in 2020 that there were studies showing 80, I think it was 86% of the people in the ICU and the hospital were vitamin D deficient. 94% of the people in the ICU were vitamin D deficient. So clear correlation between vitamin D deficiency and severe symptoms. Why didn't they once talk about zinc, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D? It makes no sense whatsoever. Who are these people, these creatures serving? The viral genome appears to be attempting to revert de-attenuate away from the FCS and HIV inserts, and he's got a reference there for that, further evidence that the mutations didn't occur naturally. Why does the region uh, of the FCS match a reverse complement sequence from Moderna? So if you remember that, Archimedic found the, I think it was 19 nucleotide gene sequence in the spike protein in the FCS that's also listed in a Moderna patent, several, I think there were four of them over the years, different Moderna patents 
that were uh, contained that same sequence. Now, it's not a patented sequence, but it's one they listed trying to, I think, probably put out prior art that, oh, no, that's ours. We've been working on it for a long, long time. See this patent? It's listed all the way back here. So we know that there's been it's another indication that there's been some meddling going on here. Okay. Uh, why do the forward and reverse primers for the PCR for SARS-CoV-2 match those of Ralph Barrick's previous constructs? Now, who's Ralph Barrick? And he's got three of them listed there. You're not going to know what those are. I don't either. Uh, but Ralph Barrick, uh, Jinky the Mouse, long time ago told me that um, Ralph is the one who removed the fingerprints. So before when they we're doing these kind of genetic, this kind of genetic inserts, there would be markers that were fingerprints that, Oh, this has been edited by this technology because it always leaves these two proteins or whatever it is, leaves this signature. Ralph Barrick figured out how to take that out. And then what did he do? Well, uh, he started doing more stuff along those lines. The virus gains the function of efficient FCS and a potentially effective uh, something target. I can't read it. Uh, to appropriate people, uh, peptide fusion inhibitors. Okay. So what he's talking about there, and this one might be, uh, let me see what I can do here. Bear with me for one second. I'm not using my preferred. Yeah, I don't know if that's. There we go. That's a little better. Okay. So what's he saying there? <coughs> they knew about the fusion inhibitors, which was the Chinese talk about the spray that they had that would keep uh, the, I think it was the ACE2, keep the coronavirus from binding to the ACE2 receptors because it would kind of fill them up. Fusion inhibitor keeps the virus from docking and it gets flushed out. Okay. So and they had known about this years before, they, they were doing this years before SARS-CoV-2 came out, okay? Um, dozens of proposed compounds targeting various sequences of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein have been developed or are currently being studied. In December, Chinese scientists reported uh, to th that their EK1C4 inhibitor also helps reduce the risk of antibody-dependent enhancement. ADE, as with previous coronaviruses, ADE is uh, a realistic possibility. Malone pointed this out. The FCS increases the ability of the virus to infect via uh, inhalation route because of that FCS. This is the thing that makes it super transmissible because it's got so many places to dock in the body and it's, it, it gives it an advantage over other viruses. Okay. Uh, Jean-Claude Perez and Luc Montagnier uh, who were awarded the Nobel Prize back in 2008 uh, for the HIV virus, they showed that the locations of the PRRA insert within the SARS-CoV-2 genome was already an optimal cleavage site before this insertion. Oxygen levels decrease, hypoxia in the lungs, the furin uh, cleavage expression also increases, which can contribute to rapid declines in patient disposition uh, as a snowball effect. So if, if you didn't follow that, 
as the patient gets infected and declines in health, there's more ACE2 receptors that are presented. You get more infection and more uh, attachment binding, and it makes the whole thing sort of progress really fast and get a you know, snowball effect that gets out of control very quickly. Uh, even mild hypoxia was enough to allow SARS-CoV-2 to pass through the blood-brain barrier. The existence of many arginine um, residues within a small region that contains the FCS follows the pattern associated with the mechanism known for binding of cell uh, penetrating peptides. The goal of building up a high cumulative positive charge is to enhance cell affinity towards the virus. SARS-CoV-2's ability to utilize the humosodium channel, it's getting a little complicated there, but you can kind of see here from this, let me see this last one, ability to infiltrate dendritic cells via the DC sign pathway. Now, those are the ones I think that Gert talked about would carry it to the lower respiratory tract, carry it to the lower intestinal tract where it could, where currently it's preventing infection, but the virus could eventually, a variant could overcome that resistance. And then guess what? Now we got a deadly pathogen because those are going to be harder to treat. And it, oh, hold on. There we go. And there's one more little bit here. It was, I forget what this was about. Uh, automatically isolated vaccines with these regions focused immunodominance compared to the case for full length protein vaccination for small conserved HIV-1 regions compared to less than one-fifth of the whole. Okay, yeah, I should have probably just left that one out. Um, I'm sure there's some important stuff on there, but I think you get the big picture of kind of what that is, why we went through that right there. Now, <clears throat> hold on, let me get a drink here real quick. Bear with me. Okay. And of course, you know, during the whole thing, we had people saying these, these, these COVID patients are presenting like they've got high altitude sickness, Well, you know, we're putting them on the ventilators, but their oxygen saturation isn't improving like it should. Why? Because they're losing the capacity to carry oxygen was, is one of many different pathologies that this, uh, engineered bioweapon produces. Cause that's what this thing is. And he goes in, um, uh, Charles goes through and shows how the, the the DARPA funded all of these various functions, these various components over the years with previous grants and studies and so forth that all of a sudden showed up in SARS-CoV-2. So what does this mean, people in America? That um, your government developed a bioweapon and then unleashed it on you. And this is the, the government that you guys want to fix. You want to bring in Donald Trump, a populist leader, at a time when the, the dollar's crashing and inflation is running rampant and jobless rates soar because we're in a depression. And we're going to talk some more about what that means and what they're probably setting us up for that most of you guys that call yourself MAGA I've never even considered. But first, 
I want to look at this. So these are, uh, this is UK data from England and Wales. They've got divided out here by week. In the bottom, the 22nd of July this year, they had um, an 18.1% death rate above the baseline, the threshold. Uh, sorry, the baseline is the right word for it. It's an extra 1,860 uh, deaths, excess deaths above normal for this time of year compared to 2016 to 2019, which is, you know, cutting out the supposed pandemic where not a lot of people died unless you happen to be in a nursing home getting uh, midazolam injected, 12 cc's of midazolam injected into your arm and you're basically sacrificed by the state over there. And then uh, the current data is July 29th, and it's 18%. So they are above normal for deaths as well, just like every other heavily vaccinated place. Uh, we've got, hold on. Canadian doctors, we've been talking about those. This is Ryan Biting. He's uh, around 27 years old, Canadian doctor. He was at a neurosurgeon neurosurgery resident at Alberta Health Services. Well, he's dead. What is that, like uh, 14 now? Canadian doctors dead? Second one in their 20s that I know of. Remember the triathlete runner, the pediatrician? I was all excited about shooting up kids. Yeah. Of course, we also have this propagandist, Brett St- Stakika, Stakia. He was the editor at Medscape. He was a contributor for Scientific America, for NPR, for Health Science, and he's also a former donut writer, wacky guy, author of History of the Human Brain. He's a neuroscientist. Of course, unlike the neuroscientist that we had on, he didn't figure out that these gene transfection therapies were highly risky and extremely deadly. And he died last week at 43. Before he went, though, he managed to shoot up his daughter that just turned one with this experimental gene transfection therapy, probably sealing her fate. His wife holding the baby. She's also a writer up there in New York. Like they're a family of propagandists. And it's like, it's horrific, horrifically sad knowing like, or wondering, gee, uh, is she going to die first and leave the baby without a mother? Or is is she going to get to hold her dead baby in her arms? Because that's the likely outlook for people that get the booster shot for babies that you inject this poison poisonous shit HIV bioweapon into. And it's sad, really sad. Okay, remember this right here. This is Christina Freeland. She's the finance minister in Canada. She's the one freezing all the truckers' bank accounts. And this was after she got the shot not too long ago. Oh, come on. We're discussing with cabinet and see your movements after consultation 
She's got neurological damage. Provinces and territories. See that? After speaking with opposition leaders, she can't hold her head still. Can't hold her body still. Has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement she is vaccine injured. territorial capacity to address the blockades and And well, turns out. Oh, sorry. Let me go here. She's uh, she's going to fix that with another vaccine. Here she is tweeting from the 11th, a couple days ago. I got my second booster shot. So she's on number four at this point. Outlook not so good, folks. Especially when she's already had an adverse event from the shot. Highly, highly likely that that's what that was. That's, that, that's what we just watched. Short term, but not a good idea, right? She says, if you are over 18 and if you are 18 and over in Ontario... You can get your second COVID booster. Oh, who doesn't want that? I don't know. And thank you to all of the pharmacists across Canada who are continuing to keep us healthy and safe. Team government. We're doing a great job, folks. Of course, if you look at the picture right there on her arm, you see this right here? She's got two little spots on her arm, like here and here, and they have little divots in the middle of them, which means there could be monkeypox, could be molluscum contagiosum, could be autoimmune blistering disease, which is one of the vaccine side effects in the nine pages of vaccine side effects that Pfizer was concerned about related to this drug, which is suggesting She's immunocompromised and now thinking that getting another shot is going to fix it and it's probably likely to kill her. I wouldn't be surprised if we've got a suddenly unexpected, sudden and unexpected headline about Christina Freeland coming. And I'm not wishing for that. I'm not like advocating that. I'm saying it's pretty clear she's been vaccine injured, showing multiple systems symptoms, things going on with her. And here she is getting another shot of the thing that's causing it. Thinking it's going to help, that it's going to fix her problems. It's not. It's likely to kill her. These people, you know, Speaking of deaths. That was fucked. So 60, far, 66. 66. Oh! 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83. Oh my 84, God. 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. 94 dead bodies. 94 dead bodies in oh, in this little town and this is in New Zealand okay these are all freshly Jesus buried in our oh, small geez. town of Omaru in Omaru that's they were driving through the funeral uh, through the the cemetery there counting freshly dug graves a lot most of them didn't have headstones yet in this town here of 13,000 this is the city of Omaru in New Zealand, you can see 
right there. About 13,000 in the town by the coast. And then in the general areas, they define it. There's about 20, I think it was 26,000. Let me see, 23,200 in the general area. And they have 96 graves dug. That is a lot for such a small town. Just come to check my babies and look at all these new graves, mate. Why? Why? Why so many? We never have this many. I've come here for the last eight, nine years. Or 21s and 22s. These are all deaths in the last year. Like fresh as, mate. These are all fresh. They haven't even got headstones yet. So we've just counted how many was that? Uh, 98. 92. Oh, 92 92. new graves. (laughs) And Omaru. Wow. Yeah. It's happening, folks. The normies are starting to wake up. The agencies are starting to panic and try and cover their asses and get away with their war crimes. That's what we're seeing. Of course, here, this is in uh, Ottawa. Ottawa Police Detective Helen Gruss charged for initiating an investigation into possible connections between nine sudden infant deaths and the mother's vax status. So she went around and asked some people, were you vaccinated? And started to notice, oh, gee, a lot of these infants that are dying suddenly, the mother's been vaccinated. And what did they do? They went after her for not filling out uh, the right paperwork or something. And they're trying to scare other people off, the other cops off from, you know, doing something about this war crime, these crimes against humanity that are currently being carried out by the government. Think long and hard about that, MAGA, because you guys are very much law and order, pro-police. And well, guess what? When it comes down to it, this is who they are. These cops got these shots. They're not going to admit it to the cops. They've injured their own. They're going to gaslight their own into early graves. And they are going to use them, use their power to silence anyone who tries to stop it, who tries to raise awareness, who tries to bring it out into the open. And this is who the MAGA crowd wants to give more power to. Sounds like a great idea. I don't know what could possibly go wrong in this environment that we're heading into of hyperinflation, high unemployment, people going crazy, running around with mad cow disease, crashing cars into buildings and setting them on fire. Not to mention all the grain mills and everything. You had two more of those go up this week. But this is all fine. It's all fine, folks. Nothing to worry about. Okay. Here's another one that's interesting to me. Is a friend of mine. She's saying, uh, my sis and her husband had their previously seemed healthy eight-year-old spirit, uh, eight-year-old pit mix, died of a tumor that burst around his heart while out on a run today. So they took their dog out for a run. Tumor bursts around its heart and he dies. 
My sister and her husband are sadly both three times jabbed, so two shots and a booster. She said her vet has been seeing these three to four times a week, and she's wondering, is this exposure to the spike? Is this viral shedding? And so this is a question I have for you in the audience. I know there's some of you that definitely probably work at veterinarians' offices or you know somebody that does or you're a veterinarian, um, which could come in handy, especially if you live locally and can fix up bullet wounds or whatever else. (laughs) Um, I want to know if you're seeing something like this. Are you seeing a huge increase in uh, dogs developing cancers or heart conditions or whatever above your baseline? And I would bet, you know, this is what you do with observational science. You look at what's happening and form a hypothesis, and then you can kind of make predictions off of your model. Well, I suspect the dogs that it happens to are more likely to be a higher portion of them. If we were to ask this question would be inside dogs versus outside dogs, which means they're going to be in the same environment with their owners who are shedding while they're home. So high, you know, spike load that they're constantly exposed to versus a dog that lives outside and maybe only comes in occasionally or doesn't come in at all. Uh, and I would even think maybe those small dogs that people carry around and, you know, that the girls have and are right up next to their face and more likely to be around them or go with them when they leave the house and be in the car, another, you know, highly contaminated environment. If you're shedding a bunch of spike that those might have a higher incidence as well. So if you know that or know somebody and you can ask them and get back to me with the results, I'd like to hear that. Cause that may be something we should be talking about another way to open people's eyes to what's happening. Okay. Meanwhile, Moderna CEO Bansell, Stefan Bansell, I believe it is. He's got a message for you to look like for adults when it comes to schedule, dosage, makeup. You know, you mentioned basically that you're looking to make sure that folks are protected against multiple different strains, multiple viruses, right? There are around 10 viruses that circulate in the world. Some of them mutate fast, like flu or COVID, some don't. We think we can put in a single product, a lot of mRNAs taking care of all those viruses. And that once a year, you should be able to get an annual booster, single dose, that has in the vial all those mRNAs for all those viruses that are of course adapted to the strain of a season, like flu, like COVID strain and so on. And the idea is a bit like the iPhone, where as you know, you know, a lot of us buy a new iPhone every, every September uh, and you get new apps and you get refreshed apps. And that's exactly the same idea, which is you'll get COVID and flu and RSV in your single dose, and you'll get what's the best science of the moment to protect you for the strain circulating now and in the fall winter. So we can combine all those things and provide to people around the world the annual booster, so only one shot, and they don't. That sounds great, doesn't it? You're just, uh, you know, it's like a, an upgrade system for your health. That if you don't get it, you run a real a higher risk of dying, at least until you get so many shots that it kills you. But don't worry, they're going to mix like four of them together, make multiple spikes. No idea what that's going to do to the immune system, but I mean, it's not like we need to trial it or something. We'll just do it and see what happens with our test subjects, you suckers.
That's what they're planning. And this is why they are still risking all of our lives, whether you're vaccinated or not. These are going to create new variants that are going to come around and give people like you and me COVID again and again and again. And every exposure does a little more damage. You run a little bit more risk of developing that autoimmune condition where your body starts attacking itself and then it's game over. So these criminals need to face justice and they, this has to be stopped. They cannot just hide the data and pretend like everything's fine and gaslight us to our graves. They threaten all of humanity with what they're doing. That's the situation that we're in right now. Okay. Hold on just one. All right. Sorry about that. So here's Twitter helping out. (laughs) There's a CDC quote. Yes, children six months and older should get vaccinated against COVID-19. This is 629. Even if they've already had (laughs) COVID-19, you've got natural immunity. Vaccinated after having COVID-19 provides additional protection to their immune system. For a limited window, at least according to the antibody count, which is not even a clear picture of broad-based immunity. So they've created this metric, and when they give the shot, even after you've already had and developed natural immunity, number go up. Therefore, you should get the shot. And they're, they're gaslighting us on the adverse events. They're not even doing their own safety studies, and they've pulled the data showing that it's killing people. And angry cardiologist is here on Twitter saying, uh, fire these people. <laughs> this, sh- this is unspeakable stupidity on the part of the CDC. That agency should be burned to the ground. 100% agree. And uh, Twitter's decided, well, uh, why can't you like this? We try to keep Twitter a place for healthy conversation. So we've disabled most of the ways to engage with this tweet. If you want to talk about it, you can still quote tweet it. I'm pointing out FYI Twitter exposing bad policy resulting in needless death and suffering is the very definition of healthy conversation. And by censoring, you simply highlight your complicity in carrying out the aforementioned death and suffering in order to protect the guilty criminals because that's who they are. Twitter, just like Facebook and Instagram, I guess Instagram and maybe some of the others, are colluding with the government to censor free speech. They actually mentioned Alex Bernson by name, said we really need you to get rid of him. And guess what? A few months later, they did. And then got sued, and now he's back. So now we've got a First Amendment case against the government, or he does anyway. And they are in their Slack conversation saying we've looked but there's really not anything we can ban him for. Well, they are very concerned about him. Criminals, they are complicit in covering up these crimes. Of course, uh, here, let's go right there. What else do we know? Well, don't forget that uh, disability. 
This is the U.S. disability numbers right here. That red line is the vaccination rollout. And that blue line, you've got this black line here that's right at a little 30 and a half million, maybe 30 and 30 million, 300,000. And it's sort of a descending trend down to about 30 million until the vaccines roll out. And now it's up to 33 million correlating with the rollout of the vaccine. So we are like 2.9, and this is old data, so we're over 3 million people above the baseline disabled in the United States. What are they seeing in Israel? Same thing. There you can see 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, during the pandemic, right? 2021, so those numbers... 22,000, 26,000, 31,000, 32,000 in 2020. And then 2021, when the vaccines roll out, it jumps to more than double, 71,260. And this year for 2022, which keep in mind, halfway over, I don't know what the seasonality is to this data, but we're at 50,500 roughly. So... If it, if it does double, I mean, it, it could potentially double, maybe it won't do that much, but it looks like it's most certainly going to exceed 2021. So the death is accelerating. That's where we are. Now we have, this is what's happening in the UK. This is what's happening in Israel. This is what's happening in the US. People are being disabled and killed in greater and greater numbers as birth rates decline. So how's, how's the weather? <laughs> All right, let me see if there's one more. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Okay. And then there's this idiot, Dr. John. He's the Dr. John on Twitter. If you want to go find him, wears a bow tie, works in the emergency department, knows everything about the vaccines. And uh, we got in a little long conversation while I was sick and laying on the couch, watching TV, mostly resting, dozing in and out. Um, <clears throat> he was going back and forth with me and I pointed out, they haven't done long-term safety studies on the vaccines. Now, I'm not even talking about COVID-19 vaccines. I'm talking about the childhood vaccination schedule, okay? So what did they do? Well, they had a study where they compared vaccinated, treated with the childhood vaccines versus unvaccinated, which is what you're supposed to do a study. It's supposed to be a proper study with a control group that didn't get the treatment. And then you watch them over time and see if anything develops, right? See if any kind of adverse, see what happens between the two groups. Is one showing a propensity for some kind of disease and the control group not? If so, Houston, we have a problem, right? So I point this out that there's no long-term studies ever done in the history of this program. And he's, uh, he responds to this to say, I could waste my time interacting with a complete and total nutcase 
or I can just dismiss you. And he's talking about yours truly. Vaccines work. The control group outside of clinical trials is the centuries of kids dying from infectious disease before vaccines and Del Bigtree is a grifter. (laughs) And I retweeted that and said, imagine being a doctor and thinking this is the definition of a control group. A bunch of kids died before we rolled out the vaccine. Therefore, it's working. Like, what does that have to do with adverse events from these vaccines, from your interdiction, from your treatment? Just because it stops the disease, it doesn't mean it's providing a positive benefit if it creates other diseases. And that's exactly what's happening that he doesn't want to acknowledge. Okay. And he's a, he's a real gem, right? He's, uh, imagine looking at the eradication of multiple infectious diseases entirely due to vaccines and thinking they don't work and weren't studied. I'm like, (laughs) okay, here's the, the graphs showing when they introduced the vaccines, smallpox, it actually increased during the mandatory vaccination stage, uh, phase. And then they repealed the mandatory vaccination and it eradicated itself out. Typhoid fever, no vaccine, died out. Diphtheria, they introduced it at the very end. Polio, they introduced it at the very end. And then they had a whole bunch of cases of polio caused by the vaccine where they were supposed to attenuate the polio virus, but they kind of messed up on that part. And then they injected a bunch of kids with a live vaccine and gave them all polio. It was really great. (laughs) And this is what John's defending. He's like, weird how these viruses also decreased in places that took another century to improve sanitation. I pointed out, yeah, this is also when they're getting proper sanitation and running water, which is major improvements to hygiene and so forth. Imagine being ignorant enough to think multiple factors can't play an essential role in disease prevention, plus antibiotics and lower population density. You know, progress. (laughs) Anyway, and it just goes on and on and on. The guy's a total tool. And, um, well, here's the data that I'm talking about. Okay. And actually, before we do that, let me jump over to here and show you what Paul Thomas and Del Bigtree have to say about this. I also want to say this for people out there that, you know, obviously one of the things I've campaigned for around the world is for the vaccinated versus unvaccinated study. Robert Kennedy Jr. and I and several luminaries of this movement met at the National Institute of Health with Tony Fauci, Francis Collins, all the other heads of our virology departments in a meeting set up by Donald Trump. And we demanded exactly that. We said, why don't you take the database that the CDC is sitting on called the VSD, the Vaccine Safety Data Link, that has the records of 10 million people and tens of thousands of unvaccinated individuals and simply do a vaccinated versus unvaccinated comparative study. You know what they said to us? They said, we will never do that study because we can't figure out how to do that study. I mean, it's, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. These are the best scientists in the world, including Tony Fauci, and you can't figure out how to compare two groups to each other. It says to me they've done that study every way sideways, yep. and they always get the same result. And I bring this up because I have seen both published and unpublished studies 
of vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals. Some that are so damning that they're terrified to publish it. I hope one day it happens by people that have never even gone near this issue. But here's what we see. It's almost it's almost identical. Your, what I found fascinating with your study is almost identical to the study done, I believe it was in Mississippi. We see many of the same numbers, the same you know averages of, of asthma and, and uh, neurological disorders that we see in your study. So there's this commonality that exists amongst multiple studies now. I think yours being the most defined that has been done with the largest uh, group and cohorts uh, there is. And so for your license to get pulled for what appears to be the exact same information we see every time we do this comparison is shocking. So what happened there? Um, and actually, let me go back to here. So that's Dr. Paul Thomas over there. His, he doesn't push the vaccines. He does what's called informed consent. You know, it's where you come in and you tell the patient all of the risks of the treatment that you're uh, proposing, and then they get to make up their mind whether they want to take it or not. And if they want it, he'll give it to them. If not, he doesn't. Right. And so they were coming after him and he's like, well, the data is very clear. And they're like, well, show us the data. And well, he did one better than that. He hired someone to come in and take his files because he had a lot of unvaccinated patients in his practice and put together a study. He put it through peer review. It showed this right here, what we're about to go through, incredibly damning uh, evidence that the vaccines cause, the childhood vaccines cause far more damage than they do prevention of disease. They create far more disease than they will ever prevent and should be abolished and done away with immediately. And well, what did they do? They suspended his license. Now he got it back because they were in such a hurry to suspend him as a doctor that they forgot to charge him. And so they suspended him without charges, which was illegal, which is why he got reinstated. But then he still couldn't practice because of, you know, other bullshit obstacles that they put up for that doctors allowed them to place upon them to further restrict and control them. And, uh, you know, here's the data. This is what he found. And this is from the control group litigation, the control If you want to go find this data and you can see it for yourself, you can download this PDF. Oh, actually we're at the bottom of it. There we go. So what does it show us? Well, right here, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. So we're looking at uh, children with chronic conditions, okay? And in the vaccination group, 27% have chronic conditions. In the unvaccinated group, it's 5.97%. Now, <coughs> some of you can see there that there is a yellow uh, column and a blue column. And what those are within the unvaccinated group, they distinguish between took the vitamin K shot and didn't take the vitamin K shot because some of the vitamin K shots used to come with aluminum as an adjuvant. And what they think and what the data shows is that for some conditions, autoimmune conditions, like a lot of these heart ones are actually, actually are, um, they are caused by or seemingly caused by the aluminum 
because you get a disproportionately higher number of people like these chronic conditions right here. If you look at the, un, the, the yellow is unvaccinated but exposed to the K shot, whereas the blue, the smaller one, is not exposed to the K shot. So they even distinguish there, and there are some of these where just the aluminum from the K shot was enough even if they didn't have any other, and the K-Shot's not a vaccine, right? It's a vitamin. So 27% versus 6%. Multiple ch chronic conditions in kids, 6.66% versus 0.94% in the unvaccinated group. If you look at adults, 60% of adults have a chronic condition that are vaccinated. 5.71 in the unvaccinated. Two or more, or sorry, two chronic conditions, 42%. And uh, in, the, in the vaccinated group, 0.95% in the unvaccinated group. Five chronic conditions in adults, 12% in the vaccinated group versus 0% in the unvaccinated group. If we look at heart disease, 48% of the vaccinated Individuals have some form of heart disease. In the unvaccinated group, it is 0.00%. They had people in their 70s. They, you know, they had a wide uh, range of people that, are, that make up, you know, it's a very small, small sliver because it's, I think it's less than 1% that are truly unvaccinated in America. And it was like, I think it's 04 percent something like that so very very small cohort but they still had all age ranges in there and not one of them had heart disease we meanwhile that 48 percent up there that is not like a 48 percent increase no that's 48 people out of 100 that take the shots have a heart disease so this thing pretty clearly Looks like it's causing heart disease in adults. What's it doing for diabetes? That's 10, 10 for the vaccinated, 0, 0.00 for the unvaccinated. Looks like diabetes is not existing in the unvaccinated groups. Digestive disorders, 18% versus 0.4%. Eczema in children is 10.7%. In adults, it's 7.2% versus in the vaccinated groups, when you look at the unvaccinated in children, it's 1.49. So that's compared to 10.7, that's uh, like 6x higher incidence. In adults, it's 7.2 versus 0.95. So there's a 7x, more than 7x increase. In the emphysema, asthma in children, it's 7.5% and 7.7% in adults that are vaccinated. In the unvaccinated children, it's 0.71. In the adults, it's 0.00. In the food allergies, 6.5% of vaccinated kids have food allergies. 1.1% in the unvaccinated categories have them as well. And I would bet that's from the poisoning of our food, thanks to the FDA and all the bullshit that they allow because they're compromised just like the CDC and working to kill us. Developmental disabilities, you're at 7% unvaccinated, 
or sorry, 7% vaccinated, 1.24% unvaccinated. Birth defects, 3% if you've had the vaccines, 0.81% if you haven't. Epilepsy, 1.2% if you've had the shots, 0.07% if you haven't. Autism spectrum disorder, 2.5% if you've had the shot versus 0.21% if you haven't. ADHD is 9.4% in children if you've had the shot, the shots 0.47 if you haven't. In adults, that's 4.4 versus 0.00%. Doesn't exist. Learning disabilities in children, 8% if you've been vaccinated, 0.72 if you haven't. Speech disorders, 5% versus 0.52%. There's a 10x increase right there. Ear fluid, that's one of the things I've been dealing with, 90% in children, wow, versus 0.1% in the unvaccinated group. That's surprising. Uh, Chronic syncinitis, 14.6% versus 0.07%. Strabius, uh, whatever that is, I don't know what that one is, but it's 2 versus 0.16%. Uh, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, 0.04 in the vaccinated group and 0.00 in the unvaccinated group. Now, they would have had to look for dead kids that were unvaccinated that died that way. Did they do that search? I don't know. I'm kind of suspicious of that data point. But I think overall, this paints a very clear picture of the people who aren't taking these shots have a much lower risk of developing diseases later in their life. Cancers, 6% of adults in the vaccinated group, 0.00 in both children and adults. In children, the rates in the vaccinated group is 0.35. So that's a cancer's a risk that grows rapidly in the vaccinated population (coughs) and looks like, at least from this data set, not at all in the unvaccinated population. Arthritis is 16.67 versus 0.00, another one that doesn't exist in the unvaccinated population. So tell me again, Dr. John, how all of these conditions here are just coincidence. That's what he'll say. He's, oh, that data's crap. He didn't do it right. Oh, and he also, of course, came out and uh, attacked Paul Thomas, oh, that quack doctor. No, 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 no. That's what they always do, right? They don't, they don't want to look at data, don't want to look at data, anything that might upset their worldview. He's taking the shots. He's pushing the shots on other people. He's ringing the cash register, and he's taking home the paycheck and driving that Mercedes and doing what the hospital tells him to do. And he's in the 20% that's going down with the ship. He'll be one of these doctors that we pointed out early in the show, sudden and unexpected. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for coming. Thank, thank you, you for coming. coming. Thank, thank you. Okay, looking at the last three months of all-cause all excess mortality. This is from U.S. Mortality. This is Ben on Twitter. And he's pointing out, once again, you can see there's the chart. Uh, You know, a few thousand either way, uh, like 5,000 plus, about 6,000 below the baseline a few years that stand out here going back to 2000. 
But then 2019, we were, it was one of the years where we're up 5,000. 2020, during the pandemic, we had, looks like, a, maybe 1,000 excess deaths. 2021, when they rolled the vaccines out, 11, 12,000 deaths. 2022, this year so far, when the vaccine's available, 21,000 extra deaths. And this is Germany. It's clear as day what these things are doing, folks. Clear as day. Okay. Bear with me for one second here. Yeah, I do want to go back to this. All right. This is uh, Chris Shaw from PhD. This is uh, Children's Health Defense. We referenced them earlier. They were one of the groups that did the FOIA request that caught the CDC in their series of lies along with EPO, with uh, Epic Times. Okay. And this is, a, I think, a, a great video describing what he's seen firsthand. Well, one thing that it's, it's coming out when you look at the, the, the Pfizer reports, when you look at almost any of the reports that are coming out, you're, you're seeing that the bulk of them really are neurological in origin. And, and while they characterize them as being trivial, they're not really, because any of these things, you know, and neurological diseases do not occur overnight as a rule. So any of these things where you're starting to see the Bell's palsy, you're starting to see the the kind of the, the brain fogs, you're looking at those kinds of things. And those are early stages. So one has to wonder where this is going in the longer term. So things that may, may seem to be minuscule or minor early in a, in, a, in a neurological disease course may well be kind of the canary in the mind telling us that something much worse is coming. And I suspect that's the case. So we're hearing a lot of that. We're hearing a lot of people. Uh, I, I know people who have had the brain fog, who've had other kinds of uh, neurological disorders. Uh, even in my own family, people have taken the shots. Some of them cannot um, um, navigate anymore. They can't walk. Some of them can't do arithmetic anymore. Some of them can't do all kinds of things. So it's, 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 I think it's the, it's going to be a pandemic, literally, of neurological diseases that are going to sweep across us uh, over time. And we're going to see more of it as, as, as the shots increase. So as they go into the third and fourth booster and we get into the fall where people like Bonnie Henry, our provincial health officer, thinks the answer is more shots in everybody's arm, you're going to see a lot more of it. And I think he's exactly right. I apologize. I've got a cough drop in my mouth. Um, I think he's exactly right. And I think we're also going to see so much more because this thing has so many different pathologies. I think we're starting to see, and this is what he's describing, right? These neurological conditions take the next step. And that's why I'm pointing out to you guys, these cars crashing into buildings, crashing into restaurants, people going on suicide runs. They are literally losing their minds. And that's what's happening. And these are the early warning signs. Okay. Well, one thing that. Okay. Now we'll go back to here. So that's what I had to say about COVID. Um, yeah. And there, there's more. I don't think I haven't gone through like the whole Jessica Rose. I need to really like, I watched JJ's. He did. Uh, he does GigaOM biological. Very, very great show, technically uh, in-depth, way more than I do. Uh, and he had Walter Chestnut on, and they were discussing Jessica Rose's theory about what's happening to the blood 
and how it's losing the ability to carry oxygen. And uh, there's a specific disease process going on that they that she suspects and Walter suspects. And they've been really just honing in. And I, I didn't even understand everything that they talked about last night. But um, I'm going to go back and watch it a few more times to be able to wrap my head around it and maybe explain it to you guys. But it seems like they... Ha- they understand fundamentally what's happening based on what the spike protein is doing circu- as it circulates through the body. And it's, it's not good at all. Um, and we're seeing the signs of it as well. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, we have to stop these shots. Like it's not a, Oh, well, people should be able to choose. No, no. These things threaten all of us and they have to go. They have to go. We have to stop this. We have to start holding these people accountable. What in the fuck are these politicians doing? It's clear as day. And they're coming in for their cutesy little three minute. I'm going to ask you some tough questions. Fauci, are you ready? Bullshit. Fuck that. People are dying and y'all are playing fucking political house. Like a bunch of fucking children. Nobody's answering shit. Nothing's really getting addressed. And y'all are playing fucking cutesy word games as if that's fucking appropriate right now. Fuck all of you politicians. Do your fucking jobs and open your fucking eyes. Sorry. Where's my... That's all I have to say about that. Okay, there we go. I feel better. Let's talk Alex Jones, shall we? <laughs> so he's uh, it, he went. He's been getting sued over the Sandy Hook thing and the false claims. And this is David Knight. I've watched him a few times over the year. I catch shows every every now and then. I really like what he does. I didn't know that he was working for Alex for like ten years and has some history with him, like I do. I mean, way more extensive than mine. But I watched this this week and it changed my view of Alex Jones. Uh, And I have, um, I gave him the benefit of the doubt with the Borla clip that he represented as genuine. And I shouldn't have done that because he was lying up through his teeth about it. Clear as day. He said he checked the transcript. He knew it was a fake. And he went with it and pushed it to his audience. And I think David does a great, great job, far better than I could do, of explaining why he does that. And I want you to listen to this, please. So I did look at it because um, I do have an interest in it. And I have an interest that goes beyond my relationship uh, with Alex, who I worked for for nearly a decade. Uh, I think there's some very important things that are happening here, as I've said in the past. And every time I say anything about this, and I... I, uh, I've not talked about Sandy Hook before. Uh, I have talked about what happened all throughout 2020. I've talked about how Trump was given a pass in 2019 about red flags and about vaccine mandates for kids in school and all the rest of this stuff. And then how much worse it got throughout all of 2020, culminating in the start the steal stuff. It kicked off uh, with lies from Steve Pachinik about how they, the whole thing had been a sting. 
and they had blockchain watermark ballots. It was two days after the election. And that's all I have and to say. And they that. already sent out National Guard. 20,000 National Guard were arresting people at that moment, on that Thursday, after the election on Tuesday. All of it was laughingly absurd. And I talked to Alex and told him that, but he, uh, first of all, pretended he didn't know, which is an absolute lie. Uh, I knew it. He knew it. And uh, then he continued to go, not only continued with Pachinik, and Pachinik was still on well into February. Uh, this was the whole watermarked ballots and the UV or the radium or whatever, you know, like one after another just failed, 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 failed. Total made up lies. And why are they doing this? This is his whole point of, of, you know, going through this, not to create drama, but to explain their motivation, which is what I want you guys to understand. Uh, but he started running the Stop the Steal grift. It was all about audience, and it was all about money. And so when you look at this, and where I talk about it, people say, oh, Alex Jones, he's real. He's the guy who woke me up. Um, Alex is not the same guy he was 10 years ago. Not at all. Uh, not in terms of what he's saying. I've watched him change. And um, the, uh, well, I'd say even more than 10 years ago. Uh, I keep people, people keep saying, well, you know, Sandy Hook, the thing was a total hoax. And um, Alex is being attacked because he's over the target. And he's just the first of many people who are going to lose their due process and juries. None of that is true. We lost our due process and juries a long time ago. As a matter of fact, there yep. was a guy that he cheered for who said, take the guns and do the due process later. I've talked from before I went to work for InfoWars about the loss of jury trials, how outrageous that was, and how we needed to understand jury nullification. As a matter of fact, that's a, uh, the report that I did. Which is the jury's duty not just to judge guilt or innocent, but to actually judge the law itself in terms of your own conscience. Is this a law that I want enforced in my community? Is this something, do I feel this person has done wrong and should be punished for what they've done as a warning to others not to do this in society? Or is this a victim, you know, this person uh, had some cannabis and that's, that's why they're here. They didn't hurt anybody, nothing like that. You can decide they're not guilty even if, you know, it was caught on them. Here's the baggie and all that. That's jury nullification. It was used uh, during slavery to, to get some off. It was abused as well to refuse to convict. Jury is a terrible, terrible dispute resolution system for a number of reasons, but we're not going to go into that. I'll just let David continue. When I uh, entered the reporters' contest and they hired me, it was on jury nullification because trial by jury was gone then. Uh, they're not taking away his jury trial. And when you can see what happened yesterday, you understand that Alex is not, being, is, is not defending the First Amendment. He's not defending what he said about Sandy Hook. He's now saying Sandy Hook was 100% real. And even though he is saying that uh, this is uh, politically directed at him, uh, they overrule the jury trial, he lost in multiple states with multiple lawsuits, with multiple judges, because he refused to comply with documents, discovery. 
That's a requirement when you're in a case. You know, somebody puts out a, somebody sues you and sends you a complaint, a lawsuit. If you don't respond to it, you lose by default. I mean, you have to respond to it and say, no, I disagree and I want a trial. If you don't go through that process, you lose. And then when you go to trial, they say, well, we need to see some documents and so forth. And, and both sides can do discovery. If you don't produce the documents, you lose. It's just that simple. And that's why he lost all these trials from these various judges in various places. So now this is a trial about what the damages will be. And I told Karen when I heard them saying, you know, Alex Jones might, might testify, said a couple of weeks ago, we don't know if he's going to testify or not. His lawyer was saying that. I'm gonna let, Alex Jones is the one making the calls. And it's like his lawyer, <laughs> his lawyer is, it's about the, the, the 11th or 12th lawyer that he's had from what they say in the reports. But this lawyer that he's got right now, uh, apparently he was picked because he looks good on camera. You know, that's the way Alex typically Brilliant. hires. And uh, it, he looks like John Edwards, the Breck girl, you know. But uh, what you now see, uh, because it all kind of blew up yesterday in the sense that, uh, you know, this whole narrative about they're coming after me because uh, you know, I, I'm not getting a jury trial and all the rest of this stuff. I gave them all the information that they wanted. That was what he said. I gave them all the information. They took away my right to a jury trial. That all kind of blew up yesterday. Yeah, and it, it got a lot worse because the reason it blew up was they found that Alex had been lying about documents that he had not turned over that were substantial. Bigger than what is happening with Alex Jones. A lot of people are focusing on this because they like Alex or because they hate Alex. But I have to say that his failure to defend the Sandy Hook hoax approach. For all the people who trust Alex, you understand that he didn't defend any of this. Uh, he never used it for discovery. He said, oh, show me the bodies. You know, exhume the kids. Let's see it. No, no, no. He caved on all that stuff a long time ago. But worse than that, you know, anybody can get something wrong. And the New York Times gets stuff wrong all the time. Me too. Um, and this is a radio show, a, a live radio show. And, um, you know, there is, uh, it, it's very different from if you were doing a newspaper article. You know, all this We get stuff a little about, more well, we, you know, leeway to be wrong person, because person. it's well, live. That's different and it's for a news conversation. Print. That is for live radio. Live radio, you get people who are calling in all the time, or you get guests who are calling in. And you you talk to them. People evaluate their credibility from from those aspects and and that type of thing. But credentials don't uh, uh, make somebody a truth teller. I mean, just look what's happened with uh, the medical establishment over the last year, for example, or climate uh, issues. Uh, credentials don't thing like this shooting, who is not credible by any means, uh, and so. What they wound up doing was running a hoax that has equated false flags with being a hoax. This is it. Now everybody believes that every shooting is a false flag and all the false flags are hoaxes, that nobody died. That's what Steve Pachinik continued to try to sell over and over again. He tried to do it to me after the Vegas shooting, and I cut him off. And I never interviewed him again. Uh, it was despicable him to try to pull that BS on me. And um, 
And yet InfoWars loved him because they didn't care. They knew he was lying. But they can, and that was in 2017. And they continued to have him on all the time, selling lies. And what they have done is not just damage the First Amendment uh, with a lot of embellishment and things like that. You, you, can, you can make mistakes. New York Times has made mistakes. New York Times has even you know, won Pulitzer Prizes uh, with a reporter who fabricated the entire series. Washington Post, none of the same. All of these outlets, people can make mistakes. They can let them run for a very long time. But if you do it and let it run for a long time and you do it with malice, that is not supported by the First Amendment. And to continually say that it is, is to give fodder to the people who want to censor. And that's what Alex has done to the First Amendment. He's given fodder to the people who want to censor. He's not defending the First Amendment. He's attacking the First Amendment because he's a sloppy liar when he talks about things. Yes. And that hurts the First Amendment. It hurts the Second Amendment, too, to say all these shootings, nobody died. Because those lies are now, people see the lie, and they think you're lying about all the rest of the stuff. It contaminates everything. You know, his, his embellishments are like putting a cock... It's basically a disinformation op. If you've got real things that you need to hide, you throw out a bunch of crap nonsense to kind of cloud the real ones that are out there or cast doubt on them. This is a, this is, he's a propagandist and it, maybe it's intentional. Maybe he's just motivated by profit or maybe somebody's gotten to him. Who knows? But he is taking things that he knows to be not true and talking about them to his audience as if they're true. And as a result, people are being misled. And as a result, that makes him very popular, gets him a huge following, rings the cash register for $800,000 in a single day. That's a pretty big motivator, don't you think? Croach and a... And a, 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 a bread sack you know you don't want to eat any of that bread that's in there and that's that's what it does and so consider this perhaps the biggest false flag of all you know people have said uh a, i forget who came up with the, the saying but the the devil's uh most successful trip uh, trick was to make people think he didn't exist that might have been sever pulled is to get people to think that all false flags are hoaxes there have been a lot of real false flags. And you have to understand they're willing to kill people. That was what was so outrageous about Operations Northwood. Operation. Okay, I think that pretty much covered what I wanted. wanted you to see from a former employee of 10 years, worked with Alex Jones for 10 years, and when he wouldn't toe the line on nobody's dying in these uh, gun attacks, so that he could sell videos, sell food, sell whatever. He made up an excuse and said, oh, well, I, we just couldn't afford him anymore and fired him. When the reality is it was because he wouldn't tote the line. And he was raising a stink about Pachenik, who's a disinformation agent, clearly. And Alex, who's willing to have him on because it's popular, Right. People love to know let that that Borla one about reducing the world population by 50%. The one that Alex passed off is real. It's still making the rounds. 
I saw it today. Someone tagged me and, you know, somebody reposted that on Twitter. It's still going around. Still. I listened to um, Max Egan, guy that was the Australian that moved to Anarchapoco, I think. And uh, he also bought into the 50% reduction at face value. He buys into all the nanobots and the chips and the vaccine at face value. Last week, there was a video about, um, I think it was, I think it was the Pfizer, Moderna CEO. No, no, it was the, it was Teddy, the, the WHO director. He comes in, he asks, uh, when did you get vaccinated? He says, I've not, I've, I've been protesting. So what's the, I've been protesting the availability of the vaccines in certain African countries. So I haven't done it yet. That was his answer. Immediate question that springs to my mind is, well, when did he say that? What was the date of this interview at what looked like the UN? Well, the conspiracy crowd took that and ran with it as he's not vaccinated. When the reality is there's a post showing him getting vaccinated, I think in May 21st or something like that. So the interview was shot before that. And he, you know, at least claims to have been or went through the procedure a little bit later after that. So, and of course, Egan picked that up and relayed it as fact. He's not vaccinated still today. Like they think to this day, even though he's, I think he's boosted even. And uh, yeah, I know some of you think all the politicians, they're not getting it. No, I don't know about that. I wouldn't be too so certain about that. Now there are, uh, there was an update from Kevin McKernan or McCarran. Um, I think he got another batch of the vials and he did find phosphorus, which is kind of a, a marker for the graphene oxide. Uh, in a different batch. So I think that's suggesting a strong possibility that there are saline-only shots and there are active ingredient shots. So that some port either they couldn't meet their production quota, so they just faked it and sent out salt water instead of real vaccines so that they could bring the cash register and get that billion-dollar payment. Or they did it on purpose so that people wouldn't get sick and they would have this group that's the real advocates. They're doing great. Go get your shot. It works for me. I don't know how we got off on there. Um, okay. Just ranting again, needlessly. So Biden here is saying right now, instead of workers begging employers for work, we're seeing employees have to compete for American workers. We're seeing a resurgence of workers, of worker organizing and unionization where I come from. That's a good thing, and it's long overdue. And he, somebody's asking him, America, America, you've been played on Twitter. Are you absolutely sure you want to keep this tweet up? Workers at the second largest aluminum mill in America, accounting for 20% of U.S. supply, learned they were losing their jobs because the plant can't afford an electricity tab that's tripled in a matter of months, right? And well, guess what? That's not the only one. Maybe it's...
crap. Hold on. <laughs> I lost my slide deck. It's going to take me just a second to figure out where I want to. Oh, that's the end. That's why. Okay. I don't know where the one I'm looking for is then. That, oh, there it is. Okay. My apologies. I had one tab in the wrong place. Here's another one. Natalie Hood on Twitter. She's saying she arrived at work tonight to be told, quote, we might have to shut down the shop, end quote. Last week, the electric bill came in 10 times dearer, tenfold dearer today. The gas came in from 900 pounds to 10,058 pounds. It's a small family-run business here since 1982 in Aberdeen, Scotland. Uh, this would be tragic. And there's their bill. What's normally 800 is now 10,000, and that's after a tenfold 10x increase in the electric bill as well. And that, like, how much can they really raise prices? Or how much do they just have to fold and close up shop because they can't absorb those costs? While the market adjusts, they are wiping out small businesses. This is what the IRS agents are for, to come in and further decimate the middle class, wipe them out. They want the oligarchs at the top and everyone else slaves to their system. That's what they're building for you, for the ones that don't get killed off in the famine that they're creating right now. Time to wake up, folks. Uh, here's one of the... Um, Two of the country's biggest bread makers have been dealt a blow, their factory at Moorbank going up in flames. The site was shut today as experts evaluated the damage to see if they can switch the ovens back on anytime soon. A bakery ablaze so intense even firefighters are astounded. What started in an... Fully involved is what we call that. Um, okay. So this happened in Australia. There was another one that burned down grain mill in um, Washington State this week as well. Um, now, flour mills, grain mills are like very flammable because they have a lot of fine dust in the air that it can ignite and burn like gasoline almost. Um at the same time, there are a lot of these catching fire, burning down. Something's going on. Is it all sabotage? I don't think so. I think some of it might be. I think what we also have is because of the shutdowns, because of the people out sick and whatnot, a lot of things out of the ordinary, they're trying to, they're trying to make do with what they have and safety procedures aren't getting followed. Things aren't getting done, whatever it is, and it's causing problems. You also have, don't forget, like the concert venue guy that is down there in Australia that said all of his employees are forgetting basic tasks. Why? Because the prions in their brain that are developing Alzheimer's, developing Parkinson's, developing mad cow disease, making their brains not work like they normally do, and guess what? Then they start making mistakes and in environments like this, that can be absolutely catastrophic. And it also could be sabotage. So I, we, we don't know. But I again, there's so many people that want to jump on the craziest conspiracy theory that it's the evil elites because Alex Jones has convinced them 
so that he could ring the cash register on them, make a whole bunch of money, and he just didn't care if it's a lie. He doesn't care. He just wants your attention and your money, and he'll say whatever he needs to to get it. So please think for yourself for once, guys, what this show tries to teach you, one of many things. Okay. So we've watched the nightly news where the one reporter starts saying something and then the next and then the next and then a full screen of like a hundred different different nightly news uh, shows around the United States are all saying exactly the same script. Well, it looks like they've even up their game a little bit here. Watch this. Sources tell ABC News there's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Sources say there's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Sources also telling ABC News there's been a strong reaction from some extreme groups online, including QAnon and other... Now, this one's my favorite, absolute favorite, because this is like man on the street. It looks like he's out there in the traffic. And he is giving you, you know, information. He's not reading from a teleprompter. No, he's giving you off the top of his head what's going on. Look, he's man on the street. This isn't in a studio. When, if you notice, he's wearing a little lav mic there. And he's probably standing in front of a green screen. And they just added the background traffic noise. And he is probably reading from a teleprompter. There has been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Including those that were active before January 6th. Including those that were active prior to January 6th. Including those that were active prior to January 6th. Involved in the January 6th insurrection. Including those that were active prior to the January 6th riot. Some have been calling for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence <laughs> in online forums and even civil war. <coughs> this was the top comment on the search on the pro-Trump site, McDonald last night. Quote, lock and load with references to a civil war. Talking very violently about civil war searches for civil war. Now, who wants to bet the civil war post and some of these ones that they're referencing were their own disinformation agents that posted that stuff so that they could reference it and then paint it whatever way they want. That's exactly what they're doing. This is propaganda. They're trying to sway the normies and and ramp up the conspiracy theory crap because they know some shit's about to go down. Some more's coming out. Or spikes. They're talking about civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. This is the kind of violence that led to the January 6th attack. Mm-hmm. Of course, Molly here, I believe she's a... Uh, Editor-in-chief of the Federalist, Senior Journalism Fellow at Hillsdale, Fox News contributor, be lovers of freedom and anxious for the fray. And she's writing, quote, FBI or current FBI is beyond needing a mere facelift. It must quite simply be abolished. Like, yeah, I'm liking that so far, Molly. All of its agents and executives should be fired. 
The agency should be simply abolished and replaced. Okay, wait, hold on. You're losing me. You're losing me, Molly. Replaced with an entirely new agency. Uh, how much is that going to cost? How many billions are we talking here? All new, huh? And uh, so I point out in a reply to her, that may be the dumbest idea I've ever heard, Molly. How does firing everyone and replacing with a new organization, they'll spend billions, fix the misaligned incentives that created this problem in the first place? And the simple answer is it won't. It will cause a revolution where it revolves back around and resets from the start so that it can grow just as corrupt for all the same reasons. Because none of those are addressed by anything these politicians or these uh, media personalities want you to consider. Because they want to keep you trapped in the paradigm where they're at the, tr the top. Where they get to tell you what to think. Where they get to tell you what's allowed and what's not. Speaking of which, there's this documentary. And I want to talk about... Uh, Hitler and um, mostly about the environment that Germany was in before he rose to power. And there's this documentary, uh, Adolf Hitler in Color, in, from 2005. And I want you to see a little bit of this. The immeasurable achievements of our soldiers, women, workers and the contribution unique in history of the youth who bear my name. For years, Hitler dominated the German people and led them to the brink of a new world order. Hitler started a world war that cost the lives of 50 million people. This war will not come to an end the way the Jews imagine, with the extermination of the Aryan people. Instead, it will see the complete annihilation of the Jews. play at war. I shall not allow myself to be ordered about by generals. With iron will, I shall determine the moment to attack. That. So what you might not know is that he was heavily, heavily controlled by the intelligence services at that point. All of his appearances, heavily scripted, the way he acted, the energy that he put forth, everything. And they were very much guarding him anytime he had a meeting. There's, there's a documentary out there that's based on a recording on a, that an intelligence service from one country was meeting with him on this train. And they managed to plant a listening device that didn't get discovered. And they have this recording of Hitler talking in his normal voice without the public persona. And then they use that to lip sync to some silent movies and, and reproduce kind of his tone and how he speaks normally versus the public appearances that were heavily managed and scripted. 
And I want you to see some of the similarities of what was happening before he rose to power. This is 1933. Since the end of the First World War, Germany has lived with the consequences of a catastrophic defeat. Over one third of the workforce is unemployed. High unemployment, high inflation. One of them is an unskilled laborer. The terrible burden of the breakdown threatened to bring all economic life to a standstill. Our way of life Thousands is threatened. Thousands of factories closed their doors. We don't have manufacturing Hunger anymore. Hunger was the daily companion of the German working man. People are hungry because they don't have money. They don't have food. Think about what's happening right now. They are going after food production. The dollar is going into hyperinflation, which is going to take most every currency out there with it. We're just starting to see the jobs collapse and crater. And this is all coming in the next few years. And what's about to happen? A charismatic populist leader. Longtime listeners, y'all know who I'm talking about. This is my criticism of him, and this is why. Trump is going to come back riding the red wave with MAGA that supports the police state that will cover up anything they need to to get away with and do whatever they want. Of course, he what did he do? He actually banned bump stocks. Because it was a pop, you wanted to show, oh, you can't do that. I'm banning it. Because he wanted to look good, and that was more important than being principled. He's not a principled person. And, and look at what they've been fermenting, a war between the liberals, the blue hairs, the child predators, the child murderers and all the other names that they've made up for them. It's not the Jews this time, but they're setting you up to play out the same scenario, and most of y'all are falling for it. You just haven't ever really thought about it. Like many, I'd lost all I possessed. So I joined the National Socialist Party. Hope and change. Make America great again. We're going to bring the manufacturing back. The National Socialists, the Nazis, have been in power for 20 months. At the Bukeberg Harvest Festival in 1934, Tens of thousands of Germans have come to see their new leader, Adolf Hitler. And the well, misery of our the rest is history, as they say. That's what I wanted you to see from there. That's what I wanted you to think about. Your beloved Trump could very easily be manipulated and maneuvered, or maybe he's been the Antichrist all along, as we looked at in those last posts that were kind of weird, 
right? The whole Mar-a-Lago, Lake to Sea, tying in with the Bible and the Lake of Fire and all that. And, you know, lots of other stuff as well. The hat with the, and his 66th floor apartment, penthouse. Maybe he's not the good guy you guys all thought he was. Maybe. I don't know. But at the very least, be aware, we're heading into the exact, exact same situation that brought about the last Holocaust. We're already in a Holocaust, but, you know, that we're, we're going into the setup that led to the rise of Hitler. Or somebody like Hitler. And this is what happens. Governments grow and grow and they get more and more power until one side gets the gun, points it at the other side, and actually pulls the trigger. That's the ultimate end of government. That's where it always ends up. Because it is based a system based on using violence against your friends and neighbors. And until we evolve past that kind of limited thinking, that that's the way we should run a, a just and compassionate society, this is what we can expect for the fourth turning. When countries go to war, this was the last fourth turning, guys. History doesn't repeat, but it sure does rhyme. So you MAGA fans, be real aware of what you're thinking, what you're doing. This is why I came out and talked about the Dallas drag thing because that was exactly what these guys were doing to the Jews. It can happen here, folks. It can. Okay. Uh, this is in, oh gosh, Lebanon, I believe it was. Guy has like 210 grand in the bank. He's trying to get five grand out to pay his father's hospital bills. I want you to watch this video. He's, uh, he's come many times trying to get his money. Excuse me. They have a free, they frozen his accounts. They've had to implement all these capital controls because the, the dollar's failing. Their current, the dollar's getting more expensive, not really failing yet. Um, and their currency, as a result, is failing. So they probably don't have the money to pay him, which is why they're freezing his accounts under the capital controls. And by the way, I saw an ad for new um, AML rules or something like that that were coming in. Have you noticed also the, the Pfizer ads? where they talk about pre-screening, save this former NFL athlete's life when he discovered he had heart disease or something. And thank God we've got this medicine that saved him. They're in damage control because they know what they've done. They're hoping desperately to normalize it and not end up before a firing squad or swinging from the gallows or spending the rest of their life behind bars or in a work camp. So he gets tired of waiting around of these people telling him no, shows up with his rifle, carrying a shotgun and a petrol canister, has stormed into a Beirut, Beirut bank and taken up 10 people hostage. 
and he says balsam something. He's age 42, fired warning shots, and threatened to set himself on fire unless they unfroze his account. According to the local media reports, the man has around $200,000 stuck in the bank, 210. He wanted 5000 for his father. Lebanon has been embroiled in its worst economic crisis in modern times with cash-strapped banks implementing capital controls since 2019. This has evaporated the savings of millions of Lebanese people with three-quarters of the population now plunged into poverty. So this is going to be happening all around the world, folks, this time. Not just in Germany. Dozens of protesters have gathered outside the bank amid a standoff with police demanding the bank release his funds because this is happening to them too. The hostage taker's brother claims the money is needed for his father's hospital treatment. Because my brother's not a scoundrel, he couldn't be. He doesn't even smoke hashish. He's the kindest person in the neighborhood. He takes whatever he has from his own pocket to give to others. Months prior, a coffee shop owner managed to free $50,000 in savings from a Lebanese bank after taking its employees hostage and threatening to kill them. (laughs) So they gave him his money. So, yeah, it's breaking down big time. Okay. Another weird thing here that's happened is this right here in in New York on the Hudson. Watery weirdness on the Hudson River in Rockland County is caught on camera. And now the state is trying to determine the source of these bizarre bubbles along the shoreline. CBS 2's Tony Aiello spoke with a river expert who says that he's never seen anything like it. A rainy Monday mist settled on the Hudson, and so too, a mystery. Eh, I don't know. it seems like uh, could be a freak of nature, you know. Dean, they always find the best people to interview, don't they? Dean Hudson often walks the parks along the his river last that name's shares Hudson. his last Damn. name. And How do y'all do that? And he's never seen anything like what's on this video. It was shot last week near Bowline Point Park by wildlife photographer Owen Next to Cramsey. the power plant. Gas is coming out of the water. You can see the weird bubbles coming up through the riverbed from under the shallow water. Cramsey shared the video with the environmental group Riverkeeper. John Lipscomb is Riverkeeper's expert on the Hudson. I see vigorous bubbling along the shoreline. I don't know what it is. Never Never seen this before. In my life, I've been around the water my whole life. Lipscomb checked with scientists who shared his curiosity. They believe it. Like the reporter hasn't told us. Well, I mean, did you put your hand in there? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is there any smell? No, we don't get any of those answers. The video was recorded on property adjacent but they have no to the idea what it is. plant, which burns natural gas to generate power. Riverkeeper says state regulators are diligently investigating. The so that could be natural gas coming up, for all we know. Take a torch out there and see. At this point, we, we don't know that it's anything more than just air. It's really just a mystery to be solved. It's not a problem for the environment. Or maybe it is. Maybe somebody's sending EM waves into the ground and doing who knows what. Right? I mean, we're in the we're in the midst of economic and weather warfare. That's that's how these battles are being played out. Rather than the old World War II model, the first the last turning. 
fourth turning. Okay, of course, we've got the Inflation Subsidy Act. What's that going to do? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. They're going to print up billions and billions of dollars, and then they're going to hand it off and feed it to their buddies, like Elon Musk doing all of his electric vehicles and wind turbines and solar manufacturers, just like Solandra. Remember how well that one worked out? And in the process, they're going to make more, lots more new billionaires, new millionaires probably every few seconds, just like the last time. And they're going to disadvantage small and medium-sized businesses. They're going to be closing because they can't afford the power bills. And this will further centralize our society, make it easier for them to control and manipulate. That's their plan. And like, they're, oh, this is going to make money because they're raising corporate taxes 15%. And those nasty billionaires need to pay their fair share. Yeah, no, the corporations are just going to raise prices, folks. That's how that works. They're going to raise prices and then we're going to end up paying that tax. Subsidies, sanction, all that shit, it doesn't work. Whoops, let me go right. Of course, what else is happening? Google searches for sell my home fast spike 2,750%. All of a sudden on Google search, looks like there's a lot of people that now for some reason need to sell their house. Like maybe they lost their job. How long have I been telling you the real estate market's going to turn and crash? Because not only do we have an economic collapse coming on the horizon here, but you've also got the die-off. Like 331,000 people above the normal deaths in America, according to the ethical skeptics models. 330, or data, I should say, not models. 331,000 people above the normal that have died since these vaccines were rolled out. Since these gene transfection therapies, they label vaccines rolled out. And it's destroying demand. It's destroying the economy. It's going to crash it all down. And then they're bringing in famine to try and kill off even more people so that whoever's left will be easier for them to control. That's their plan. And with that, they bring in their lockdown society and CBDCs and they just become gods and you, we all become serfs. That's where they're taking this. Okay. That's it, folks. I made it. Hour and a half, not bad. Or, no, two and a half hours. <laughs> all right. If anybody, like I haven't been on chat here much. If you have a question, you can ask it in chat, use an asterisk. So I'll see it. Um, if you're on spaces and you want to jump in with something that you want to ask or chat about, you can request the microphone now and I'll bring you in. If not, we're going to get out of here soon. Um, 
Let me see here. Why is nobody talking about graphene oxide? Well, um, okay, yeah, let's go while y'all do that. We can touch on this briefly. So this is E-Media. She's talking to Dr. Robert Young, and I think she's being taken for a bit of a ride here, talking about the nanobots and the graphene oxide and this and that. Um, from having Kevin on, you know, he started with electron microscopy, which is what this guy has done. And then what he points out is, okay, that's, that's the first step. That gives you a visual identification of it. But you really need to do this other process that's an elemental analysis that tells you are the components in there uh, what you would expect to find with graphene oxide. He did that. He didn't find phosphorus. He got some graphene oxide, put it in the machine, found phosphorus. And I believe he recently got another batch and found phosphorus this time. So, again, that's why I'm saying I think some shots could be saline. Some could have active ingredient in it. But, again, like Robert Young and these other guys in this conspiracy crowd of the graphene oxide, they're looking at things that look just like what he uh, found in the first batch that didn't have the phosphorus in it, meaning it's not graphene oxide. And what was it? It was a cholesterol, what you would expect to find with the lipid nanoparticle. So what they very well may be identifying as graphene oxide, graphenol, graphenol, could be lipid nanoparticle because they haven't even done the proper analysis on it. And so there are so many people jumping to conclusions without doing the proper science on this stuff like Kevin McKernan is, is doing. And that's why this stuff is so important. And then he goes on to microchips, nanobots. Of course, if you actually look at the microchips, it's kind of odd that none of them are the same shape. These things are supposedly self-assembling. They have no means of propulsion though, of motion to move around, right? And like reconnect with the other parts, but none of them are symmetrical, meaning they don't build the same shape. They are all unique, which is kind of odd, wouldn't you think? If they're self-assembling nanobots, they're going to build repetitive circuitry over and over again, and you'd see the same pattern being repeated. But we don't see that. We don't see anything until uh, the vaccine is exposed to air and put under a cover slip and then left out to dry for several hours when these uh, nanochips suddenly appear. And, oh, by the way, they appear on the edges around the slide where you would see the vaccination, where they're actually also not sitting in front of a laminar flow hood, where they'd be free of contamination during the six hours that you're waiting or whatever for the nanobots to self-assemble. There's no pictures of them self-assembling. Like, that whole thing is has so many problems, so many problems. Now, he talks about 5G, and 5G is causing this, and on and on. Um, problem with that. He's saying, like, the 5G activates the nanobots, and that's the connection there. Well, as an electrical engineer, I've actually built receivers that do wireless communications, uh, you kind of got to know the frequency. And if you know anything about 5G, it's kind of been a flop up to now because they haven't been clear on what the frequency they were going to use. 
So like, how did they push out this vaccine with the self-assembly nanobots to receive on a frequency? They didn't know what was going to be, where it was going to be transmitted. I mean, now we're getting into some really complex electronics there. And so there are just so many problems with it's the graphene oxide. We actually have the pathology, the way this disease develops, what it's doing to the blood. It's valid, being validated by peer-reviewed studies that, that have been done over the years and up to now that give us insights into what's happening as a result of the spike protein. We have a good idea of what's going on with people and it doesn't require nanobots, self-assembly nanobots activated by 5G. But I'm sure Alex Jones would love to push that theory because people like to get very excited about it. You know, if I talked about that stuff and how Borla wants to kill 50% of the world, hey, let me show you the clip. I'll play it for you. He says it right out of his own mouth. I would be very fucking popular because people love to eat that shit up. And, it, and, and the reality is when you have somebody like me or Kevin that wants to actually, let's, let's do some proper science here, some proper analysis. Let's question everything. Let's make sure things make sense as we go. People aren't nearly as interested in that and watching that as they are nanobots self-assembling activated by 5G. Oh, freak connect if you're if you're ready. Otherwise, we can. Yeah, there you are. I sure am. Like I said, that's real time rebel radio, there, my friends. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird time because honestly, I, I don't know if you've seen Majid Nawaz had a on some podcast last week or this week, and he was referencing some article or some um, publication that was leaked or, and, and, and it was in regards to, they, they always knew there was going to be dissent with people that were against whatever, whether it was the shots or against digital currency or whatever they're going on. The divergence. Part yeah. Of the game pl- yeah. Part of the game plan is to, is to infiltrate these people. And I'm assuming a lot of these curious people that are in this crowd right now are, are the ones they're targeting and, and they're targeting them with implicit misinformation. And, you know, it all seems very elaborate, but at the same time, when you see, we talk about graphene oxide, we talk about all these weird nanobot theories. It's to me, it's, it's the one thing that discredits the conversations that I try to have with my loved ones and my friends and the things that I know are based in science and, the things that we do know can be completely obfuscated by, you know, someone like my father who just thinks I'm some QAnon guy because I, I just, I question the narrative. I question the mainstream. Yeah. And that's the, and that so was the whole it's point really of a way that, to just, that was the whole point of that newscast. And that's why they were bringing out the whole QAnon thing. Cause that's cues back and, uh, cash Patel and that whole crowd is, sort of beating the war drums that it's coming and, and things that shit's about to go down and maybe it is, but uh, that's why they're out on the defense trying to disarm us or label that crowd as crazy conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think it works is honestly some of these silly, 
theories about what's in these shots, I think that really kind of defines the counter narrative, the counter resistance that, that we're all crazy and we all think there's robots in this thing or it comes from outer space or whatever the story is. And <laughs> yeah. it, it really limits the ability for any of us to have kind of rational conversations on just our concerns or the things that we now know that are real in these things. And yes, you know, the, the whole, the whole concept of self aggregating octopuses in our bloodstream, <laughs> that all sounds realistic. But when you, when you think of it rationally and you start thinking of it from that amyloid perspective, your, your body has self aggregating mechanisms for proteins. And that's potentially what we've, you know, this, this, revolutionary work that's been in the mainstream you're not hearing it from Fauci or any of these other fucking crooks but those are those are theories that are based in science they might look like an octopus when they come out of your lung but there's a there's a physiological method for it and 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 I think those conversations are just getting lost in the weeds because you're just we're all tossed into this wacko camp of people that don't trust what CNN's trying to tell them. And You're an anti-vaxxer. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Very frustrating. And here yeah. we are like actually, you know, chasing down real pathologies backed by study date, peer reviewed studies that show this is what we see happening. This is how it progresses and so forth. And then, you know, you're right. We get graphene nanobots razor blades slicing up the veins it's like no we can explain exactly what's going on now and by the way these are all the conditions that would develop as a result that's a prediction and guess what when we look at the data that's what it shows and uh it is it's a it's another way for them to try and cover their tracks and and hide what they've been doing yeah it's, 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 it's a game. It's, it's a hive mind game. And, and, and I, th- I think it's getting easier. I think a lot more people are waking up. It, it's an, it's an exponential increase in people that are questioning all this bullshit yes. around us. Yeah. That, um, which, which is a real positive sign. And honestly, a, a year and a half too late in, in my humble opinion, yeah. from, from my, my first, you know, questioning of, you know, you can't even call it a narrative because this thing was not only top secret, ingredients it was a top secret contract with whatever country and if you guys were in it's mm-hmm. we don't know a contract canada signed we don't know a contract darpa signed or the u.s department of defense signed with pfizer because they're all top secret we don't we That's don't know right. what's in them we don't know the contracts we don't know any of these details we don't know you know up until we started seeing some of this trial data come out what was actually you know the the, the results of these clinical trials we focus so much on the human trial to Pfizer because it's the only one that's actually been released and right. it's being released in chunks every month. And it's horrific. But, I mean, you look at what happened to yeah. the births there. They, they lost track of like 200 and, and something that pregnancies, like what the hell happened to all those babies. And of the 32 we have, there was one live birth and five unknown and the rest died. Like the, yeah. it, we had, the, there were 1200 and what was it? 1226 in the trial that died. And like they didn't think that was a safety signal. They, they then we find out today they weren't even doing uh, checks for the safety signals that would have put a stop to this month one of the rollout. I mean, and it never should have made it out of the trial to begin with. No, it should have been done in November of 2020. And if they I just think if, if pushed there, forward. If there was if there was something a trial that was not 
it's sponsored by Pfizer, but it should not have been run by Pfizer under this incredible yeah. warp speed time or whatever the hell they called it. Because honestly, it's we Pfizer basically summarized their data and published it in the New England Journal of Medicine within a week of getting this EUA approval from the FDA. And by then, the cat was out of the bag. It was safe and effective and locked yeah. up for 75 years. and 100% effective. And we're, we're now only realizing what's going on. Like, this this story of the Texas primate lab that just broke last week, I don't know if any of your listeners have heard this, but I haven't. prior to the human trials in 2020, there was, um, we, they talk about the animal studies that were done on these vaccines. Mm -hmm. They had a macaque, which was a, a non-human primate trial done in Texas. It was actually only 12 monkeys. And they vaccinated them and had them all killed within 16 days of, of uh, or 16 days plus two weeks. And the, the person who's in charge of the Texas primate lab is called Deepak Koshal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what uh, Brooks Jackson's been talking about. That's a gentleman that just last week, and you can see this on the news if you Google him. Maybe don't use Google because that's been suppressed. But <laughs> he um, was caught in 2020 in the same year that he did the clinical, the preclinical efficacy trial for Pfizer. Deepak Koshal was caught on one specific publication which had two NIH grants, 10 counts of misconduct and fraud. He basically committed clinical fraud on a 12-monkey primate challenge to a tuberculosis treatment. And that's a tuberculosis treatment that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have been trying to push into Africa for years. This there was the result that was supposed to call it safe and effective or whatever they were doing. And it has nothing to do with the current vaccines, but... Within six months of that fraud, Deepak Koshal, in the exact same lab site, with a 12-monkey group, six in the control, six in the placebo, all killed within 16 days of basically doing the, the sampling of their lung tissue okay. and of their bronchial lavage fluid, that hit, hit the mainstream. That's the first time we heard that these things were safe and effective. They were generating, in that case, they were 100% effective against stopping coronavirus in these monkeys, in this monkey model. And it was the first signal for everyone, all of us to get excited. I was one of them to get excited saying, hey, they found a vaccine for this thing. We're going to get out of lockdown. We're going to be free. And now we find out after two years that not only did the guy that ran that is now been implicated in a fraud six months prior to that trial. But the NIH gave him a one year, basically they're saying for one year, his penalty is he's supposed to be supervised for any work that's given to him oh by the federal God. government. And he's doing the COVID-19 vaccine safety and efficacy trials. He, he did the preclinical yeah. efficacy trial on the macaque model in 2020. Wow. And this is what we have to work with, with the NIH. That implies that they're not supervising him for any other research because his punishment for trial fraud in this tuberculosis treatment in 2020 is to be supervised for a year. And they that didn't should be do a it. standard for any federal contract. Yeah. Oh, my God. Especially something that's being administered under warp speed. I mean, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I posted that on Facebook. I don't post a lot on Facebook. I say hi to my great-grandma and, and happy birthdays. And Facebook actually censored the announcement from the National Register, that is the U.S. National Register, I think it's the National Archive, showing the actual sentencing and the trial fraud 
that Deepak Koshal did at the Texas Primate Lab in this tuberculosis study, okay. and Facebook blocked it. It's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Well, you and can't people, go against this, the this narrative. Is what they're pump, this is what they're pumping into us. It's crazy. Yeah, and you can't contradict the, contradict the narrative because it's so fragile. I mean, it's just falling to pieces left and right, and they're having to lie and cover for them for their actions. And it's I, I don't see how they're going to get away with this. I, I mean, no, and I, no, and I think they're doing it well. They're covering it well because I yeah. think one or two percent of humanity is has caught on to this fraud. Mm-hmm. And if we stop talking about robots and alien octopuses in our bodies and just boil it down to simple fraud which are plants simple fraud that that jicky and a lot of people worldwide were looking at in this pfizer trial as they were leaking out this data they've nuked all those guys off of twitter they've they're clearly suppressing this texas primate lab they took uh, fraud uh, that broke just last week they took jj off uh, jj cooley that does giga own biological deleted his suspended his account today uh, yeah. The day after the Walter one that I think you pointed me to that was really revealing. Can you explain kind of what what they suspect is happening to the blood between Walter yeah, so and, it's... and uh, <laughs> Jessica Rose and so forth? I hate to put you on the spot, yeah. but if not, don't worry about it. No, not at all. And honestly, it's it's t- listening to those guys speak is like going to a Mensa yeah, meeting with hard. one one eyeball and a <laughs> missing arm. But but you know the whole the whole premise of it is and and Walter's been on this topic of like iron deficiency yes. or iron dysregulation a year ago, and then he kind of lost that thread and went on to something else, and then he started talking about um, aggregating things in your epithelium. And it's all come into this synthesis of this this generation of spike protein. And, and his biggest fear is that the vaccine and the virus are both giving you these boluses of spike protein. And that spike yes. protein, by definition, we all know that it was generated in a lab. Yep. Um, the Wuhan spike protein has seven prion regions within the actual spike protein. And those prions are forming amyloids. So those are misread proteins in the body. The, your your um, uh, your ribosomes spit out this protein that isn't alive. It's not replication competent. It's basically a mutated protein, and those things create these amyloids. And those amyloids can be self-aggregating. That's his whole basis behind all of these. Not just the white blood clots that we're seeing coming out of human beings, but amyloids can aggregate in any system in your body. We know them in brains with skate with scrapie and Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Mm-hmm. But they also aggregate in the heart, the liver, the spleen, the ovaries. Every part of your body can generate a place where these amyloids can bioaccumulate. Everywhere the, the, the lipid nanoparticle. He, he feels that, well, and it's also everywhere the lipid nanoparticle is delivering mRNA. It, exactly. And I don't think he attributes it. The, the LNP is giving it the ability to go everywhere in the body. And mm-hmm. we know that. And to express bright protein. <laughs> In every part of your body, it's not staying in your arm. We all know that by now. In fact, the CDC is now attributing that they're not saying where the hell it goes because they're they're yeah. they just took that off their website. Yeah, <laughs> we week. covered that in the beginning. We read Elgato Malo's but, article. But the part that I'm not sure on, and and he's concerned about the bone marrow and the fact that these things are actually using human B cells yeah. to um, basically express this, um, they call it a peptide, 
and these B cells start secreting out antibodies on mass, and they're antibodies that aren't fit to the vaccine or to the virus, or sorry, to the virus. They're they're basically going out and looking for Wuhan spike, and they're looking for these misread spike proteins. And your body is basically going into this toxic shock, where you've got all of these all of these antibodies generated that aren't doing anything. We now all know that. Okay. But it's it's generating this cascade of of this this amyloidosis. And he's got another term for it. I'm not quite sure. You'd have to see what Jessica's talking about. Yeah. And uh, on this GigaOM podcast that was on yesterday, if you guys haven't uh, haven't heard of Cooey or or GigaOM Biological and got two and a half hours, it's like I said, it's it's shocking listening to these guys and. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly Googling everything they're saying and just mm-hmm. trying to keep up with these guys. But the, 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 the point is, I think, you know, there, there's an, ex, there's an ex, explanation to the mechanism of action of what's going on. And there's such an elaborate theory that I think explains all of the things that we've seen, mm-hmm. not just post-vaccine rollout, but post-breakout of this virus in, right. in, in Wuhan, which... Right. Um, you know, epithelial issues, there's been heart issues. I, I, I was the first guy like six months ago thinking we shouldn't be worried about the virus at all. I want to get this thing. I want to get protection. But mm-hmm. the spike protein is the toxin. And the unfortunate thing is when you get the vaccine, you're guaranteed to get a bolus of this thing, hopefully in the arm and hopefully it stays somewhere in your muscle. But way, in the rare more. circumstance where it doesn't and define rare i don't know what that is one in a ten one in a million but Mm -hmm. we end up with these massive cascades and i think that same thing can happen if you have a massive infection of coronavirus which i think i had in early 2020 and and you're getting that same thing you're getting this spike protein which is is you know lab made and something that is has prion regions in it and is is potentially giving us that same potential mechanism and it almost sounded to me like he was worried about the B cells training the, the antibodies to like go and attack your, your things that are not spike protein related. Like it could, could trigger autoimmune disease cause it starts attacking yourself, uh, your, your own cells. Yeah. That are the problem is, is that, yeah, once, once this spike is attached and it's, and it's continuing to replicate and, and we know that it lasts more than two days. We know that it lasts mm-hmm. more than weeks. Um, there's a study they did of nurses where after 60 days, it was still generating still spike it. protein in yep. their lymph nodes. Yep. And they stopped the study at 60 days. So they have no idea how long it was going right. to last. Right. Every time we look, we find so the, it. The, the, the second you've got these B cells generating these Wuhan spike-encoded synthetic antibodies that are being elicited by these vaccines – and your body's generating the toxin, your body's generating the epitope, you're immediately getting an autoimmune reaction. Oh, uh, okay. So it's almost and like that's a the part where, like, kind of thing that... Cooey's shaking his head, like, they're yeah, just, they're literally beating their head against a wall going, we Tell are generating antibodies and, and, and expressing this epitope of the virus in our bodies at the same time. It's the it's the it's the wrong kind of memory immune response you want to have. You're training your body to attack, and 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 unfortunately, we're getting these repeat boluses of vaccines in our loved ones. Third mm-hmm. dose, fourth dose, hell, mm-hmm. I think there's even on the fifth dose right now, and, and where we freak- keep we keep expressing this spike protein, 
Well, and if and if this B cell theory comes true, okay. every time they're doing it, they're 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 attacking themselves. And if I understand, like, kind of my thoughts on this, and what I've tried to express is, this is why the vaccination program has to stop every time they go and tweak it. They're going to drive a new variant that's going to come around and infect us all again and give us another repeated exposure and potential for these antibodies to be created and create this cascade. And that's what they're talking about. Every time you get COVID-19, it's a roll of the dice that could be fatal. It's, and there's still horrifying. in these multivalent vaccines, they're yeah. still going to, even though it's extinct, they're still going to have a portion of that multivalent vaccine Insanity. still speaking to Wuhan spikes. So you're still going to be generating antibodies to that particular epitope of the virus that's now gone, that is potentially being synthesized in your body on an ongoing basis, even post-vaccination. And, and that's where that potential for autoimmune condition comes in. It, it explains the suddenness of these symptoms. It explains these sudden deaths that we're seeing. It explains these massive amyloid fibrils that we're seeing in people's epithelium and their circulatory system. Mm -hmm. It explains the neurological conditions. And, and not only from the vaccine, but people that actually had really bad cases of COVID in 2020 and continue to have symptoms and side effects or actually died from heart attacks or myocarditis or whatever else came out in 2020. So, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's new information. It, it breaks my heart to see, you know, rebel radio scientists that are constantly getting banned being the only people that I shouldn't say the only people in the world that are researching this, but the only people that are actually expressing it to us, the right. public who are curious or concerned about this thing, right. they may have top notch scientists doing this at the NIH trying to cover their asses or, or to help out you humanity. Mm -hmm. But we're not hearing about it. All we're hearing about is just the censorship of these, I'm going to say a, a dozen or 20 or 30 scientists worldwide that are screaming at the top of their lungs online with whatever forum they can get, telling people that they think they have an answer. Yeah. These are people, these are 20 or 30 people worldwide. Arc medic, You've got Cooey, you've got Walter, you've got Jessica Rose. Yep. They should have $30 million right now and, the, and a state-of-the-art lab yep. and a bunch of monkeys and a bunch of mice and a bunch of human tissue from whether it's autopsies or whether it's guys like me that would be the first in line to donate whatever the hell they want out of my body yep. on a live basis, a biopsy. Looking for these and in ovaries and everywhere else. Like what let's, we can't, we haven't even assessed the damage yet. That's because no. they're in denial. No. And it's, it's clear we need an animal trial that actually has pathology based on it. The only mm -hmm. animal trials they did that they publicly released were the one that Deepak Koshal just did in 2020. And we know that he's a fraudster in yeah. the same goddamn year that he did that. Yeah. They Amazing. killed all the monkeys in the in the in the control group, and in the active arm of that yeah, trial. We don't, we don't need any more days. data. We got the result we, we wanted. We don't even know what the we don't even know what the placebo monkeys did. <laughs> they killed them all. We got the result we needed. Let's move on. Kill them you'd all. You think they preserve heart tissue? They think they preserve lung tissue? They didn't. 
or tested they for the, the markers it. that we're seeing like one in 43 and the, the skeptics are like, oh, it do- doesn't show that it's mild and this and that. But no, they're showing heart damage in, I think it was one no. in 43 in the Indonesia, somewhere over in Asia, uh, recent study that came out that I heard McCullough talk about. Thailand. Thailand. Okay. And it also, he yeah. was explaining that well, this is why we may be seeing all of these athletes dropping dead because when they're out exercising, they're being pumped with adrenaline in their bloodstream. And that is sort of create creates this cascade or this condition, I forget what it was, that's causing them to suddenly drop dead like that. So, you know, there's another, another mechanism. I, I mean, this thing is... It's... It, it really was a or is a masterfully designed bioweapon and like the U.S. government created it and uh, they unleashed it on us or somebody unleashed it on us. And uh, now they're continuing to push the narrative that's going to result in even more people being harmed by this. And that's continuing these shots. And that's whether you've had the shots or not. So we have to stop. That's why I got so pissed off at these politicians like what a complete bunch of worthless fucking morons that they they think the answer at this point still is, well, let's call in Fauci and I'm going to really stick it to him with some hard questions for my three minutes. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Did nothing. It did nothing. It was showboating from, I mean, I, I yeah. respect Rand Paul and what he's doing, I, Ron yeah. Johnson, but yeah. Uh, this to me, this doesn't belong in Congress. This belongs no. in the courts, and this is yeah, where all military. these things should be is under a court of law. And that might even be lost in the U.S. I don't know if, yeah. if Merrick Garland and the FBI the, are willing to let the military and, members they injured prosecute this. You know, tell them yeah. the truth and then let them sort it out. Yeah, and I think there's state attorney generals and district courts in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world that I think that's where this is going to come to light because I think. We don't have our politicians, unfortunately. I'm I'm from Canada, yeah, and we're we're lost here. Oh, I yeah. mean, at least in the U.S., you've got it's quite bipolar, clearly in the United States. But you know, I think that's a blessing for you guys because you're the, you're armed and ready, and you've got you've got you've got reasons to retaliate. But there is countries out there that are that are beyond repair, and I think I'm I'm living in one of them right well, now. Well, you know, though you talk about America, though at the same time, I am extremely, extremely concerned at what I'm watching, of this demonizing of the liberals and the the environmental factors that we're going into recession, we're going into heavy job, uh, un- high unemployment, hyperinflation of the money. We've got this charismatic populist leader that's about to come to power amidst a red wave where he's going to have, you know, carte blanche to do whatever the Republicans want. And it could get uh, really scary really fast because of just the whole fourth turning thing on top of everything else. Uh, It's it's something people should, I hope, really take seriously what I said there and um at least are aware that that may be what happens and maybe, you know, can make some small changes here and there to guide us down a different path as a species. Cause we don't need to keep doing this. No. And I'm the first to admit that I, I'm politically homeless. Obviously I'm not in America, but I do obviously follow that with a, with a degree of passion. But mm-hmm. even if the Republicans get in charge, I mean, who, who controls the media, who controls the FBI, who controls the deep state? I, right. It, it's, it's, it seems to be a very democratic focused system and 
these people managed to pull a fast one on this for the last four years, last two years. Mm-hmm. And, and what else are they capable of? I, I don't know if a new president or a new changing of the guard, whether it be in Congress after November or be at the presidency in 2024, but I, I just, yeah, it doesn't fix the underlying um, root cause of these problems. It's, it's, no. you know, these, this whole, if we can just get the right people or just give them the right responsibility or the, enough money, what it never works because they don't have the right incentives. It's all about the incentives and you cannot give one small group of people a monopoly on violence on the legitimate use of force over everyone else because no matter what restrictions, America was an experiment in small limited government failed on every possible fucking metric along those lines. And here we are. Uh, it, it just, they're going to, the bureaucracy is going to maneuver around whatever controls you put in place. And we are just have examples as far as the eye can see of that right now, be it Biden, Hunter, the FBI, the CDC, the SEC, all of them. They're all compromised, corrupt and rotten to the core. And there's no fixing this system, the, the healthcare system. They led us to the slaughter and people are like, well, if we can get the right people in. We need to save this. It's like, no, you don't save a system that tried to mass murder you. You, you abolish no. it and you start over and you do something different. And I think the different no. thing that you do is you allow people choice. You allow people to choose whether they want to go the pharmaceutical route or the Eastern medicine route or the naturopathic route, and you don't go and monopolize the practice of medicine or access to medicines or whatever, you allow people to take risks and to make choices in their own lives. It's, it's, it's cultivating a, a, you know, a, a, a uniform monotone narrative. And I think they're doing a very good job of it. They, they yeah. did it in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Build Look back at the bill that just passed, the, the, the Inflation Protection Act. Yeah. Like the diametric so, opposite so of bullshit. what you want to do in rampant inflation mm-hmm. is to go print a trillion dollars of yeah. money that you don't have. Yeah. And what are they going to do? They're printing a trillion dollars. They're going to hand it out to their buddies and further centralize <laughs> all these industries. It's, it's, it's horrific. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely horrific. Yeah. Argentina's inflation, Argentina's interest rate right now is at 65%. Yeah. They're rioting. They've basically told people you're not going to borrow and we're not printing cash. That country, and they're one of six countries that are collapsed or on the verge of collapsing within 2022, Mm -hmm. is a harbinger of what's going to happen when you keep printing cash. Argentina completely devalued its currency in 1991 because they spent a decade printing money they didn't have, and eventually the gig runs up. It does. Yep. And I don't know if the U.S. dollar and the treasury can speak to infinity just because it is the greenback, but this is – if you want to cure inflation, giving Biden a trillion dollars to hand out to his buddies is just the absolute worst thing you can do. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on in the United States. It's foolhardy. Yeah, it's just going to make things worse. But I I mean, that seems to be the objective and the agenda here is to collapse everything down, centralize and then corral us and control us as they're as the new slave class in their carbon green energy uh, facade that they want to create. 
I'm hoping someone else in your audience knows more about this than I do. Crypto, okay. you were or cryptic was looking at speaking, but yeah, I don't know if anybody I'm, else just, wants to come I, on. I'm a, <laughs> go ahead and request the I'm mic. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a listener from afar from Canada, looking at United States, but it's only because I know that we have zero recourse in Canada, yeah. and it's, it's, it's. Yeah, the dam's got to break at some point, and I, you know, I think people are going to be um, so frustrated with the whole situation. I think it won't, it can't help but turn violent in some places, some situations, and uh, the response to that is going to like further ignite people. I mean, it's, I think it's going to blow up in their face. Is kind of what I suspect. Yeah. All right. I appreciate the discussion, Free Canuck. It's always uh, a pleasure to have you on. And a little pause is wanting to speak up. Sir, go right ahead. Hey, Sam. How's my mic working tonight? You're sounding good, sir. Excellent. Just a a quick one from me today. Just Uh regarding the um, dogs around shedding people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, I'm working with uh, around 50 different dogs a week. Okay. Um, out of 50 clients or 50 families, only one of my clients isn't vaccinated. And yep. um, even though she's not vaccinated, she cannot find unvaccinated flatmates, which is a whole other story. Right. Um, but I am not seeing anything. And it's something I've been watching very closely, especially with at the beginning, like the possibilities of being able to catch the virus itself yeah, from yeah. the dogs. You know, because I'm picking them up. Right. Then I've also got the dogs being around because um, they're all inside dogs. They all sleep on the bed. So I also had to consider. <laughs> what in the world are you doing? I had to consider the dogs. Yeah, I had to consider the dogs being around um, the shedding people all the time and then being in the car with me. Right. But my job is to realistically flag any issues the dogs are having. Because I'm seeing all of these dogs only once or twice a week, um, I can see things that the, that the owners don't Okay. because um, they're around them the whole time. So if they're, if they're picking up a limp or something else different, I pick it up straight away. And I can honestly say at this stage, I'm not seeing a single dog out of character um, from being around all these vaccinated families. So I just wanted to put a few people at, at risk there, at ease. but yeah. I'm certainly going to keep an eye on it for sure. Okay, perfect. Yeah, definitely let us know if you see something like that. Um, I'm, I'm, it could be just an isolated incident or, you know, these things happen kind of thing. I want to know if it's a pattern though, certainly. And I appreciate you're, you're, you're a good test case because yeah, you have such high vaccination uh, there, and you're yeah, seeing it's been two 50 years dogs. Now that these dogs have- yeah, 50, dogs, 50 of the same dogs every week for the last two years. If something's yeah. up, I'm all over it. Perfect. All right, buddy. Thanks for the show, as always. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, sir. Cryptic Aussie, what's up? Hey, mate. Hey. Oh, now you're back on mute. <laughs> now there I'm you, off mute. There you go. Oh, our own technical problems, Sam. How, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great. Know all about the technical problems. <laughs> Actually, you sounded good. I don't know if this helps or not, but before when you had the, um, and I'm so glad uh, uh, little pause went on before me because that other guy, you know, more brain cells, um, 
than I will probably ever have. Uh, so it's good to get someone else on before me. <laughs> Makes me sound smart now. Uh, but you sounded, we could hear you, or I could hear you anyway, while you were trying to um, put the leads together. Like he was, I could I could hear him just fine. Okay. Um, so that's just for your, that's only for your technical Well, I, I think what's happening, I've got this little phablet, uh, phone tablet thing that I run uh, spaces through. And it is, yep. uh, it's Twitter is the Twitter app is crashing. And then when I reload it, somehow Bluetooth's not reconnecting. And if I restart the, I can't really fix it. So I'm just going to run the cable. Uh, it's, it, it's not running through the mixer. So the audience can't really hear it, uh, with any decent quality, but I can, I can fix this just with the, a manual cable. So yeah, I, n- I noticed it bumped me, but when I came back on, everyone else is still there, so maybe that yeah. was just my shitty connection, uh, possibly. But you know, I, I did. Um, you know, you were talking about Hitler, and and we've you know you've talked about the fourth turning, which you know I'm I'm you know fully up to speed with as well. Yep. And, and other other history uh, historical events. Has there ever ever been a time that you can recall? I know this is different now because you know technology has brought us to a new place in time. But, you know, I can't recall another time in history where uh, humanity has been, you know, confronted with so many, um, so many events that hum- humanity needs to take charge yeah. and, and conquer these events. You know, it's just like you were saying before, that if we don't get our shit together, you know, it's all going to go, it's going to go pear-shaped real fast. Yeah. And then we're not going to be in a position where we can do anything about it. And I can't recall a time in history where, where humanity have been faced with this situation, you know, something to reference on to say, Hey, this is what we did last time. This when these pricks did this last time, this is what we did. And we were successful. Um, and this is why maybe why it's a bit of a shell shock to a lot of people when they, you know, especially when they listen to your show for the first time, they're like, Holy, you know, holy shit. What do we do? Sort of thing. Yeah. Like, um, you, you so know, can you recall a time? I can't I, recall a time. Even World no. War Two, that was a different, you know, different. I mean, in, in Germany, it was coming. It was all coming to a head because they had the loss, they had the unemployment, they had the currency hyperinflation happening. Um, they, it, it, I think, a lot of those things are also kind of coming to a head here. And then clearly, like the the Weffers and the uh, the who and all the other globalist organizations are all pushing, you know, pulling whatever levers they can to force, you know, farming to shut down, to force electricity production, energy production to shut down. They are trying to like grind as many things as they can to a halt all at once. And, you know, hungry people, uh, angry people are easier to control in a lot of ways and manipulate towards your solution. And I think that's the plan here. And I, you know, we just have to uh, like, the only way I know to do it is what I did tonight by showing, look, this is what was happening in Germany before Hitler rose to power. Do you see the parallels? Do you see how this might happen here in America uh, or in another country where, you know, some populist person comes in with the solution to all the poor people's problems and everybody flocks to them and he turns out to be a controlled by a homicidal maniac or a group of homicidal maniacs. I think we have just such a huge risk of fall of going down that path. Um, 
that I think we need to be at least cognizant of its possibility. Yeah, yeah, I hear you with Trump. That's that's always been a he's a bit like he's too good to be true sort of thing. Like, yeah, you I, know, I like, like things a about big him. fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. But he would be the ideal candidate, wouldn't he? He'd be. Yeah. Um, if they wanted to play that game, and why not? They're playing other games, so why not play that game? It's something that you would have to 100% uh, put on the list now as a, uh, a high likelihood that that could be the could be the case. Yeah. And and also, you know, coming back to what what does humanity do? You know, because we're all so um, self-conscious of ourselves, we think, how the hell can we do something? Like there's only there's only me. Right. And sure, there's you, and there's everyone else listening now, but what the hell do we do? Like, what, what, what do we do sort of thing? Um, and that's a lot of people can feel uh, very overwhelmed by, uh, by what's going on. Again, listen to your show for the first time. They'll be like, yep, we are screwed big time. <laughs> um, but there is something, you know, people can do. Again, spreading this information and in a perfect world, you know, we all need to get together and, and, um, and a lot of people need to swing from a rope. Yeah. But, but to be able to facilitate that, they've got, as you pointed out, the, the police are in their back pocket as mm-hmm. their personal bodyguards. Then they're dumbing down the military. So the military, the ones that will be left, are, um, are going to obey uh, their order because the military are very good at teaching their soldiers to, hey, you obey everything we, we tell you to do, uh, which is, there's a reason for that. Um, but it's working to their favour big time now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I can't think of a time in history. I wish there was a time in history where we could say, hey, look, this is – this is how we fight back. This is what we need to do to um, get the upper hand here. And once we get the upper hand, let's, I, you know, you know let's I think, eradicate. I think Matthias Desmond has the best um, answer to that question. And it's, you, you talk about what's happening. You talk about what they're doing. You expose them and you keep doing it and you don't stop. And he said, you know, it's, it doesn't do away with the mass formation, but it stops it from progressing further and it's not until they silence all of those voices that it gets really bad and, and dark and, you know, people start dying kind of thing. Um, I, I think we're just, it's baked in the cake. We're going to go through this die off. We're going to go through this collapse and, and shutdown of society. And they're going to, you know, use the crisis to go for a power grab and we're either going to fall for it or we're going to stand up for ourselves and start reorganizing the society in the way that, uh, you know, we want it to be that benefits humanity instead of, uh, the people that are in power and, you know, have the, the wealth and the resources. Yeah. You were talking about the WEF before and, uh, Robert Kiyosaki just had a show on, uh, two days ago, where he interviewed a Mark uh, Mark Morris, Mark Mossy, something like that, mm-hmm. um, and, and they they just spoke about the WEF, and it was there was information there that we you had already brought to everyone's attention, but there was new information there that I found um, uh, very interesting. He spent uh, quite a few years studying studying the WEF and, and the Soros people, and and how that impact and what's going on is exactly what you've been talking about. And I'm like, man, you guys just needed to tune to Sam for a while, you know, <laughs> but um, it's good to get where people, you know, whether you like Robert Kiyosaki or not, he's got some, he, he showboats a bit. Yeah. He boats a bit sometimes, but, yeah. you know, I, I do like his financial information. Mm-hmm. But for a, um, a media personality like that, that has a, such a huge following, 
you, you, I, I highly recommend listening to the show because you think, wow, you know, he's got he's got a lot of people to follow him, and mm-hmm. um, he's on YouTube. You're like, a, like the, it didn't get didn't get banned or anything, and they were somewhat careful, um, but still, uh, still was in, it was good to hear that. You know, I watched um, while I was I came back and was sick Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, um, and I still am a little bit, but one of the shows that I watched was this documentary on Victoria's Secrets. And it was great because it went into the history and, you know, I I watched it for the articles, of course. Um, Of course, 100%. (laughs) It went into the history of... looking it up right now as we speak. How they were created and the whole Epstein connection and how he had power of attorney over the head of that, of Victoria's Secrets and how he was going around recruiting girls for probably his sex trafficking operation and how a lot of the models were were basically sex trafficked and and so forth didn't get into quite that much of that but it was encouraging towards the end that kind of they kept pushing towards this more sexualized more sexualized uh sort of uh narrative and eventually it got so fake that people just rejected it and said no you know this isn't real and um all these other brands sprung up and took market share away from them and at the same time social media really helped decentralize that to whereas before the models were desperate to work with victoria's secrets because that would make their career whereas now there are models with 10 million followers on instagram and they have they come to the table with that audience with that power in their hand and it has rebalanced the dynamic between the models and the um you know the industry and i think we're seeing the same thing kind of happen across you know science and uh public health and all of these things that were were stepping into our own power or starting to organize and use the internet to uh sort of take back control and to me that was and of course we're on social media platforms that are heavily censored and and uh people are deplatformed and so on and so forth but i think that's a problem that will solve itself as well over time so it, at least in that in that regard i was um optimistic at that change yeah i think you're right though i think actually now that i, I think about it the internet will be great is, equalizer is pretty much the only way yeah it's a, yeah exactly it's mm-hmm. the only way we can get to a, a place where we're communicating like this and when enough and and i if it was a little pause or the gentleman before that talked about when it gets to that critical mass of people that are aware that that's when we can make the change. Yeah. That's when enough people can say, "Hey, look, you know, there's enough of us now to uh, that are willing enough." Because that's a problem. You've got to be willing enough to put the your first foot forward. And and who wants to eat the first bullet, sort of thing? Right. You know, who wants to be that? The that bar is high right and, now. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> in time, whether we have enough time, that is it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I um, do. I do. And. and can we wake up enough people to change the mindset? That's, that's, I think another key question that we have to, that we, that needs answered. I don't know if it will be or not, but uh, you know, I, I, I hope that we do. I hope that we choose something different and we don't go, 
running back to, you know, another revolution where, oh, we get rid of the bad actors, we put the right people in, and then we start the process all over again and leave this for our uh, descendants to, you know, fix this problem for us because we didn't do it, right? Like, it's so... I think this gets into, you know, the whole ET question as well as like why they don't want us out in space because we're this violent bunch of apes that are starting to run out with dangerous <laughs> toy guns. And they're like, no, we're not having that out here. Y'all need to figure your shit out. And like, that's what needs to happen. We need to get rid of these command and control top down structures, these monopolies on violence and be able to associate freely with um, like-minded individuals to solve our own problems. Uh, that's just, that's the anarchist in me anyway. No, no, it's true. It, it's very true. On a, a an update from, a little update from Australia, we had um, a, cu- a couple of stars. I mean, older, they're, they're in their early 70s, almost in their late 70s. Yep. Um, but we had uh, Olivia Newton-John. She was the uh, the early her. version of Kylie Minogue, I guess. Yeah, yep. she yep. she uh, she bought the farm last Friday, was it? Last Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, she had battled cancer, but, but she had gotten over it. She, she'd, uh, she'd won her, remission. her cancer battle for... Exactly, you know, yeah. she'd been out of that uh, thing for 20, I want to say 28 years or something or other, so mm-hmm. a long time, 20 years plus, okay, so, uh, I, you know, she, it could have just been an old age thing that uh, it came back, but more than likely she was, um, you know, uh, the, the, had, had the been shot had and, a hand in it, basically, yeah, I think that's very yeah, you likely. Got, you got a, yeah, you've got to speculate. Then there were a couple of others. I can't remember the media personalities that had, um, uh, we'll call them not even B-grade actors, more like C-grade actors that had yeah. had, uh, had passed away as well. Uh, and, and potentially, same thing. It's, it's very interesting. If people watched your show last week, which was fire, depressingly fire, but it was definitely fire, and the amount of people that you just kept on mentioning, yeah. you know, this person's sudden death, this person's sudden death, I'm like, yeah, hey, he's going to finish now. And, and that, that wasn't later, even still, like, a, this person that wasn't even a special week I, I just picked that week at random i guarantee yeah. <laughs> you i could have come up with just as many this week and it's just like holy yep. shit i didn't know it was this bad already and it, it is yeah, yeah and you're right it, it, if you just look at it from a statistics point of view and and put it just a few brain cells to work, it, mm-hmm. you can see that it's only going to get worse. Yeah. It, you know, it's not like, oh, well, let's, it's going to get better because um, I think you were talking about how there's this lag time where yeah. where it's catching up now. Here's a perfect example. We had, I, I've talked to you about, um, you know, our, our, our friends that we've uh, known from our previous abode, um, Laurie and Gail, I can mention their names because I didn't mention their last names. Uh, they, I mean, they're, they're as old as when the Ark was built so they're not young puppies anymore okay but she has um they came around to visit yesterday and and boosted to the to the hilt and they're an old couple so we like to take care of them because they don't have any other family left okay and um so so you know i I tolerate them more than anyone else and they um she just said look you know i've just been diagnosed I'm like, oh, really? That's a, yeah, that's a, okay. And uh, did you ever smoke? She said, yeah, about 30 years ago. And I'm like, okay, so, so but now you've been, you know, my dad smoked for 40 years and, and, you know, he didn't. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, that's that's interesting. And she goes, yeah, I've got to go get a Doppler thing done because they think I've got a blood clot now in one of my veins. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just a total coincidence. Boy, everything is a total coincidence. 
So, you know. Yeah. And even though Laurie has always looked like he's he's been 70, he looks like he's 140 now. Like, he's really in, in the last... Yeah. My brother looked months, like he aged really... 10 years in a few months. I was just like, yeah. wow, what happened to you? He His hair is all gray, and he's young. He's 18 months younger than me. And so... Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, there you go. So, um, so it's definitely happening, mm-hmm. and... Um, and yeah, man. But anyway, they're, they're my updates. That's Appreciate it, Cryptocurrency. Humanity. What can we do? Cheers, yeah. mate. All right. Uh, East India Trading, let's get you in real quick. And then Free Canuck, I'll come back to you. Or, or yeah, East India Trading, go ahead. I think I think Free was that. I think he was first. Well, no, he, no, he I spoke. Believe, I believe you were. I just put my hand up. Oh, he spoke I? earlier. Okay, do you sure. have something quick? Okay, uh, free gotcha. Canuck, or do you yeah, want to... something quick. Uh, okay. Regarding Steve Pachinek, I just want you guys to understand, I know you guys all know he's a fraud, but he, if you really do some research on him, he is a Kissinger plant. Okay. And there's a lot of them in the right side. So just yeah. kind of just wanted to point that out and get you guys to do some research on these right-wingers. Um, yeah, you know, you like know. I'm not a fan of, um, oh gosh, the the main guy that runs, um, damn it. He was, he, no, not Alex, but, um, he does a daily show as well. It's, I'm just, I can see his face. He, he refused to respond to the subpoena. Yeah. For the January 6th committee. Um, who am I thinking of? Do you know the name? Oh, are you talking about Roger Stone? No. Uh, no, it's uh, the war room guy, Bannon. Oh, Bannon. Bannon, Steve yeah, Bannon. Yeah, he's, 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 uh... I'm not really a yeah, fan of his Canadian either, I think. I mean, he looks like an alcoholic, and it just, oof. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. Yeah. There's no, a lot I mean, of things going on I there. I definitely... That... Go ahead. I just wonder, like, how much here, just real quick, how much these guys have, like, it's really hard to tell who's who mm-hmm. at this point. You just kind of have to sit back and watch, but it does help to do a little bit of research um, on their backgrounds. And if you do, it'll help you kind of get a better, I think, overall picture of just how much intelligence and background, just mind fuckery that's going on. Okay. Anyways, just want to point that out. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Free Canuck, you need a last word in here and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, you bring up intelligence, and I'll get to that in a second because it, okay. it, it factors into this. But uh, Ozzy had mentioned, you know, what precedent do we have for times like this? And I, I can think of, you know, two times where there was a global colonialism that almost worked, and that would have been the Holy Roman Empire prior to the discovery of North America. But yeah, and and then you know the British the British colonial era and other nations that were, were just discovering brand new countries left, right, and center and mm-hmm. putting their churches and their flags and whatever on, on, on that, you know, British imperialism, British expansion. It wasn't just them, but, you know, that was a time where the world was infinite. There was no bounds. There was just, they could go out and conquer until they ran out of gas or fuel or initiative or, or, or a new enemy popped up. But after the Second World War, and probably during the Second World War, was the emergence of uh, that word intelligence, which was the KGB and CIA, and and you know it it became a physical war, and they knew the success of mind control of 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 information wars, 
of uh, of clandestine operations of spying and they took that from a war effort and it's just propagated itself from 1945 on to now which is which is you know if you look at operation mockingbird which was a way to infiltrate mm-hmm. mainstream media, media news yep. in the united states and and <laughs> and have narratives controlled by the cia hit grandma and grandpa and auntie and uncle and everyone at at, at the supper table and it worked, and they knew that it worked. So there was a government for the first time in history in the, in the United States, and Russia was probably no different. And the British also has a very good spy organization from the World War, and, you know, Aussie and Canada are part of the Five Eyes and whatever the fuck that means in, in, in Canada. But I'm assuming there's some level of intelligence in the Canadian Sharing. government. Yep. And, and the Aussie government, if I can speak to that Aussie, but... Um, um, you know, to me, that's the, 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 the playbook has been in action for 70 years and they've mm-hmm. they've now taken this to the digital age. We've all got phones. We've all got, you know, uh, cameras on our phones. They can track us. They know exactly where we are. We've almost made their jobs easier it, the, to track and trace systems, everyone. Their systems are becoming inescapable is really yep. life has evolved to a level of complexity that they've taken so much control over that their, their um, tacit approval is necessary for survival at this point, is, is where they're going to anyway. It's like the last yeah. gap they have. Yeah, and, and to me it's almost made, it's made the job. You, you think, how can they get away with the last two years and all the mindfuckery and gaslighting they've done to us as a population? But... To me, that the, the playbook was written 60 years ago, and it was quite mm-hmm. clunky because it involved, you know, 60 people, you know, doing stakeouts and surveillances and, you know, old microphones and whatever else they were doing in the 50s and 60s. And, you know, and now it's just it's just a couple of beaker heads at the NSA that are running seven million phones an hour through their algorithms and mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, suppressing guys like me that are talking shit and promoting guys that are. That are, that are towing the party line or whatever right. else they want to, or pushing the disinfo or pushing the disinfo. To me, it's, it's, you know, the CIA and the FBI just seem like this nebulous right now. And, you know, who do they report to? They seem to be completely independent organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're tied to government or maybe they're not. Maybe they're holding the Democrats and the Republicans hostage because they've garnered so much power and they really report to no one. But, to me, it's just it's it's these it's these info wars. Not to use the Alex Jones analogy, but it really is. A He's good right term about for that. Though. He is, hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's it's it is it is dictating what we talk about mm-hmm. and what we see on the news. And the second people start figuring this thing out or get tired of that narrative, they they spin some other story, whether it's the Ukraine or and yeah. hash pile them into a building Monkey or whatever pox. else the story du jour is. It's, it, it, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's comical. To me, and when and you, you can't it. tell real from wrong. Cause I don't know, is monkeypox real? I'm sure it is. And is it, is it a deep fake? I don't know because I, I think we've just been, you can't tell right from wrong. You just, mm-hmm. in a way you kind of almost throw your hands up and think, I just want to, swallow a giant blue pill and get back in the matrix <laughs> just like is it is it time to shoot him yet no not yet <laughs> I, oh. I thought two years ago I, I might i might want to move to australia because it seems pretty cool down oh, there but no it's i don't more think you'd want to do Canada, that so. i don't know 
think you want to find a small island with a benevolent dictator or something that may be your best bet. So, all right. I appreciate it, sir. I'm going to wrap us up here. You know, I do want to point out the British, the great British empire that had, you know, slaves all over their empire. That practice was brought to an end by Quakers. What did they do? They educated people. They rode on horseback to, t- to town hall after town hall after town hall. They built models of the slave ships. They brought slaves eventually to tell their stories. They showed the conditions. They showed how many people were, how many slaves were dying in the Caribbean. That was the real slaughterhouse. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands dead. Um, and they came up with, you know, like fair trade and a lot of the, Embar- um, protests that are in use today and they did all this without a war that cost a half million Americans their lives or British their lives without a civil war like America supposedly had to do to free the slaves and so it is possible to do this stuff peacefully um, it takes dedicated truth tellers willing to stand up and speak out and that's what I'm trying to do. I encourage you to do the same thing in whatever way you can. Stretch a little bit. Talk to people about these things. I think that's probably our best hope. And with that, I'm out of here, folks. We'll catch you all next broadcast. I've made it through. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Can't see what's happening by now, then you're blind. They said it was to save lives, yeah, that was a lie. The writing's on the wall, man, can't you see the signs? Now they coming for the children, they just crossed the line. They said just give it time, only three weeks and it will all be fine. They want you tuned in to that TV every night So that they can implant fear deeply in your mind Now in order to defeat them, yo, we need to unite The Ministry of Truth has taken over There's a reason that they chose Corona Yeah, Corona means crown, work it out Man, it's all symbolism from the beginning, they told ya